If you were watching closely, there was a clue. Got the million dollar check written already. I mean, I'm, I'm the winner. My wife and kids have definitely saved me from my demons. Last time I played like a cop, this time I'm playing like a criminal. I don't need to be carried, bro. are coming together and we're spinning the guys around as much as we can and then we're devouring them. I guess my nickname's Fabio. Each new day I get out here is a blessing because I was only supposed to get three. So I'm either going to win. Welcome to the Winner's Edit, a survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Jim. And it's do or die. I have three boxes here for you to pick. Um, <laughs> one of them will let us continue with this episode. And I'm afraid the other two, you're just going to die. So uh, what we need to, to go cover... with oh. the box on the right. Okay. Here's a wrong box. Do you want to switch? <laughs> yes, you must switch, Joe. Oh, you've picked the last one, or the wrong one, so guess I'm doing this alone. So it's uh, season 41, episode 11. With, we're already at the final seven, but it's only episode 11. Do or die. Um, What a strange episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the episode title kind of sums it up. It's like, uh, there was a twist in this episode, and it kind of cannibalized the whole thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it, like, also didn't have to weirdly like they really if you watch survivor and look at a clock like you knew what was happening and it was really unfortunate like yeah you knew there was time left for a vote after when deshaun was opening boxes yeah you're right it really did kind of i had some hope that maybe it was like you know when like wheel of or not wheel of fortune um the amazing race you know they'll get to the end there's this dramatic thing and then um, host of Tough as Nails, Phil, will be like, eh, this is a non-elimination leg, and you, you keep going. I thought maybe, maybe something like that, but mm-hmm. yeah, good on you, kid, for d- taking a risk or something, but <laughs> it, yeah, like, the twist didn't work for me at all, really. I did like that they could opt out if they wanted to. But I feel just like next time, when you, if you know the game of chance was a 33% chance, like, you're gonna get a ton of people opting out, I feel. Yeah. Granted, like, obviously it is. I mean, if you, if if you know, like, the, the, I have a couple issues with it. So, like, this has been dissected to, to death, I think, this week in the Survivor Press and everything. For sure. Is the Monty, uh, Monty Hall problem, right? And, mm-hmm. like, okay, like, I saw Christian Hubicki go on and explain it and why you should always switch and all this sort of thing. And, yeah, absolutely, you should always switch when you're given that choice. It raises your odds all the way up to 66. The issue I have with it is similar to what we've been saying all season about a lot of the challenges in this season is it's not interesting if a decision is somebody just knows the trick or not. No one out there, except for maybe a Christian Hubicki or, or something like that, would know that naturally, right? Like, it's not like this is a thought they thought of on their own. It's a, it's just a math trick that you learn in grade 12 math. And if you remember it, or if you've seen it before, you know to switch. And if you haven't, you would never think about it. And you would think about it as purely 33%. Like there's no, oh, wow. They were so clever knowing the trick or not. It's just, did you know the thing? Yes or no. Did you know the solution to the puzzle before you showed up to it? If so, you win the challenge. If you didn't, even if you're really great at puzzles, no, no rice for you. Yeah. I mean, definitely that, but I think you definitely could have just stopped. It's not interesting. 
Like, I don't know. For me, especially when I'm watching a show that's so much about strategy and interesting structured maneuvers, like watching a person open a box for a 33% chance of staying does not work. Um, And like these people, like when I rewatched, I was like, why are these people so excited about the Monty Hall problem? Like, I don't know. I just can't imagine being in the moment. It's it's that exciting. But maybe that's me. Um, They're trying to get their TV time, Joe. It's an honorable pursuit. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. I thought, like, before we knew it was a game of chance, maybe, like, uh, like you have to make fire in a certain amount of time. Because, yeah. like, that, I was, like, thinking what, what Deshaun has done. I was like, oh, that would make sense. And Right. Honestly, no. like, I know we're often very critical of a lot of twists and, and inserted into this into this game. I don't think it's necessarily we're anti-twist. I actually, and I think, am fairly open to some changes in format, if it makes sense and is good. In general, mm-hmm. I'm probably more purist, but, like, I like idols. I'm often actually kind of pushing against the idea that there's too many idols. I think they're just not hidden diverse enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it shouldn't be the same people finding right. them is more the issue. Um, and th- But this is, I think, an example where you actually have kind of just an uninteresting choice. It's not a fun thing. Where, like, imagine if Deshaun just left and the episode's over. Like, that would have been horrible. I... I, I really like I, I think it's one thing that's kind of frustrating about Survivor is all the introductions of these twists. They get lucky. You know what I mean? With the idol nullifier. That you know, it's an example of a twist that is only meant to hurt, uh, you know, somebody uh, like an underdog. Right. Like the only purpose for that twist is to hurt an underdog. Except in David vs. Goliath, where they use the vote steal and all that kind of stuff to get Dan Rangering out of the game with it. Like mm-hmm. they get lucky in these things. They get lucky that Deshaun didn't get like yeeted out of there. Like that would have been a terrible all-time bad episode if there's just no vote. Yeah, this twist, like it benefited because the person survived. Um, I think the conversations happening around the twist will boost this episode because you'll think, oh, this is that episode where Liana said those really great things and it also had that twist, and like you'll you'll be less likely to condone it, I think. But yeah, I think like I said earlier, in the future, the people who are going to go for this are the people who would be going out anyway and then yeah either they're safe or they're not and yeah majority still rules it it doesn't benefit anyone (laughs) for sure and i think that there's a couple interesting things there i actually really like your idea of if this was the fire making challenge get rid of that thing at the final four whatever that is do this every season and instead make it can you make fire in x amount of time or something like to me, that radically turns this into something that's actually kind of interesting and maybe even good for the kind of weird balance that they have to strike between being uh, authentic in uh, a game with integrity and a good TV show with like twists and turns and that sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. like make this the merge challenge and like announce it, like either explain more in depth what's happening or like at the beginning of the season, be like at the merge, there'll be this and you don't get to choose. I think you have to outlast the challenge and you have to be able to make fire to stay in the game. So yeah, yeah I, I honestly think that would be totally fine. Even if it's at the final seven, like I totally get that they want to throw something into the mix because what we've seen a lot in modern survivor 
is at final eight, a four person alliance forms, and that's your final four. Or plus or minus one gets, you know, yeeted out from an idol or something, right? Mm-hmm. That's become like the definitive way to play Survivor is group up with four people at the final eight, final seven, and push on through. There's an alternate universe of this episode where this doesn't happen, where Deshaun is just voted out 6 1, yeah. you know, something like that, you know, you just unanimously voted out, and that's it. And this probably was better for the season than that. The mm-hmm. issue is that the way we got there felt cheap and unearned when it could have felt really cool and, like, Deshaun just proved himself instead of, like, Deshaun picked a, a magic bag that was better than the other two ones where there's no no difference between them. He just he just felt better about one of them. So now the episode's better, the result's better, um, there's more of a fighting chance for your underdogs. It, just because just of nothing. Like, there's no purpose. Like, you can't even really be like, oh, Deshaun played. Like, if Deshaun won, you'd still be like well he almost left and that's still a, like you know like even if he knew if, even if it's fire if he knew he could do fire then he could mm-hmm. just throw that challenge and know he has immunity or something and there's some interesting emergent gameplay instead of just <laughs> he picked right yeah mm-hmm. i think those are good points and and yeah i think immediately it's sort of a twist that you sort of just lay out how it works and it's like it's just it's not right for Survivor even as we know it now. Yeah. Like, if you just um, do, like, an abstract of the whole twist as we saw it, it just, it doesn't fit. But the, hey, that's a lot of twists in this season so far. Um, yeah. Welcome to the club. Right, yeah, for sure. Like, step on back at the end of the line, do or die. This one, I think, would be maybe the easiest of the things they've done to reform. Mm-hmm. Really, I actually think that would be a good idea. Maybe it would play out and we'd hate it or, it, you know, it wouldn't work right. But I think that's like an easy fix. Like, just make it a, a thing that they know what they're doing. The other problem I had with it is we've seen this challenge. I don't know what to call it, like the Malcolm challenge or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is the, Like, they always throw stuff into this challenge for some reason, right? Like, I, I believe this is, if not the exact challenge, very similar to the one that Malcolm gets like a challenge advantage in yeah. uh, the Philippines. Maybe it was just two full sticks instead of blocks. I'm not 100% sure there. But the the advantage there was you get to go again. But this is a challenge that we've seen throughout Survivor history is one that people are either good at or not. And there's not really a good way to know that beforehand. So, like, Mm -hmm. even Malcolm, good at challenges, Jungle Boy Man, is not able to win because he just drops almost immediately both times with the challenge advantage. So this is, like, a terrible challenge to have this thing come up with anyway because, like we see, Deshaun just can't do it from the start (laughs) yeah it's very easy like yeah you'd want almost last week's challenge where they're just hanging there sorry i'm trying to remember what last week's challenge is but definitely not this one because like yeah you can just get unsettled so quickly and i don't i think you want something where you can at least start like simotion would be really good for this where you have a chance to like balance those balls and maybe yeah you'd know where you'd fall out right yeah i'm even thinking sorry i it actually wasn't last week it was the one before that uh you know the one like the christian and alec challenge where you're just holding on for your life yeah. or something. Like, that would be fine and thematically fitting here because it's like, okay, how much do you want it? If you don't want it bad enough, you have to go in the fire pit and make fire. You know what I mean? Like, or, mm-hmm. or the chance, the the let's make a deal pit, uh, apparently. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at least there's something there versus just like, oh, you're... Turns out you're not good at holding two sticks between each other with a ball in between. 
Shima, that's why you deserve to lose. You misjudged your ability to hold two sticks with a ball in between it. Yeah, it's very clear to see, like, what happened to Deshaun was, like, he was testing the pressure needed and, like, just loosened for a bit. And it was enough to make the the cylinders fall. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one we know. Like, they they know it's one that's Mm -hmm. kind of a crapshoot. Or not even a crapshoot. It's just, like, you're either good at or you're not, which makes it a really bad one to interject these weird things into. But they've done it multiple times. So, I don't know what they're thinking there but Mm -hmm. whatever that said um so let's just say scratch all obviously it wasn't very good we didn't love the twist but did kind of create an interesting dynamic where danny is immune deshaun is effectively immune right he's basically what like schrodinger's cat like he's either alive or not and you can't really tell which but mm-hmm. either way, he's out of the picture. Like, either way, he's in the box. He's a, a living or dead cat in a box. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, and so they're kind of off the table. In a way, you kind of have to give, like, it might have been accidental. We really don't know. Like, kind of a pat on the back for Deshaun and Danny being first and last in this challenge. It's actually kind of brilliant. I, I don't know if it was on purpose. But sometimes brilliance just kind of happens, even if it wasn't mm-hmm. on, on purpose or not. Uh, because it basically makes it so they're both immune. Or, or at least both can't be voted for. And I think from that, we almost get an interesting episode, except for that Liana's, Liana's still there, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it's interesting to have this hypothetical where it's like, they could go, but you have to still plan. So conversations are still in the air. And then if if you don't need to vote, you can have these come back to haunt you mm-hmm. because you have more time to plan. And there's less, there's one less sort of factor in the equation. So yeah, right. Yeah. If you're the one spearheading the Liana vote and then Deshaun just yeets out of the game, um, th- there, there may be repercussions there next tomorrow, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a very realistic possibility. And I actually kind of like that dynamic. Like that's the thing is I actually would be in favor of something like this, as long as it's not a random chance on the back of a like a silly math problem that 50% of your cast is going to know and 50% won't. Um, <laughs> like, it's just, um, I don't know. It's very exactly. silly that way. The odds are actually 67-30-3. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. But only if they know it. And as we see here, Deshaun doesn't know it. It actually lives for it. Um, no, I meant you said you said 50-50 that the people know about it. And I was joking that, like... It's like oh, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Um, <laughs> yeah, like... But overall, like, that said, despite that, I I think the strategy in this episode kind of flopped because, I mean, it was cool seeing Danny and Deshaun safe. It was kind of a a showpiece for them as an episode, like a little bit of a character study for both of them. Um, The actual strategy, I think, was a little bit of a flop. It was just, like, were you at all, like, ooh, is Erica going to flip here? Like, to me, it felt fairly, fairly locked in. Uh, It was just interesting how they didn't really talk about the double vote coming into play. Like, they were like, ooh, Erica could flip and then didn't give Xander like the moment to be like I have my double vote should I play it or not like I mean maybe that's that's part of the editing in this season to show us who they want to give power to but yeah that's where it just kind of fell short because then they were they read that seventh vote and I was like okay Liana's gone and they're like nope here's an eighth vote for Liana and yeah it just didn't work yeah no for sure um and like the other thing that I think is interesting is kind of an elephant in the room here is at 
tribal jeff is like by the way this is the last time shot of the dark can be played i don't know <laughs> the jury looks surprised to me so i don't know if this was a surprise to the players or not i hope certain, it wasn't certain they had said at the beginning of the season it was like final six so it kind of shocked me but i, I mean it was, too. it was final seven so i guess maybe they meant it no longer is an effect at the final six or something maybe. but it still felt like a little bit of a blind side there so mm-hmm. i guess we, we can talk about this later we'll do like a um, like a funeral on Shine in the Dark and its impact on the season, maybe. Yeah. Um. So I, I think one thing that's interesting to flash back all the way back to episode one, uh, we had a little prop bet on the flashbacks, right? We were like, okay, where do we think these flashbacks are going to end? Are they all done? Are there going to be more? Uh, we kind of both agreed there's going to be more, and we were right there. Uh, my prediction was we were going full Australian Survivor, and we'd get them all the way till pretty much the finale, and we get Danny's in this episode. I felt pretty pretty great when that was happening, and it was also the best scene of the episode. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think Survivor or American Survivor was ready to do it yet. I thought they were ending in episode two, which was obviously wrong with Erica's in episode six. And then, yeah, we're still getting them here. And we have, we have people left. Like, who knows? I mean, the Heather flashback theory exists. And I think Xander's an interesting one not to have one at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't, I would now not be surprised seeing Danny's here that we get one from Xander next episode or maybe even the finale. I would agree with that. I think that's, I, I think we'll get one in the finale for sure. Um, it's just, I mean, it's, it's been a consistent across the season, right? Mm -hmm. I think that that matters and that they basically trained the audience to expect these. Uh, That said though, I mean, Liana did not get one. They clearly really liked Liana. I wanted to give her a good send off. So I don't know if there's really much to read in terms of like who's getting them and why. Another factor between Liana Xander, this doesn't fit so much with Heather, but they're both the youngest too, right? Like it's, it might be a little, a little more difficult to extract like a heartbreaking backstory. I guess JD had one though that Mm -hmm. JD had them. So I guess maybe not, but yeah, no. So there's probably something there to extrapolate. Uh, Obviously a lot of the ones in the premiere left early. Uh, We still have Ricard here with his in the premiere. Um, But other than that, they they all left effectively pre-merge. Yeah, right now it just feels like a tool they want to use to tug on heartstrings, develop backstory. I mean, I still like them. I think it works really well. Um, I've been hit or miss. Like this one worked big time for me. Like I was... I like honestly this this episode for me. Uh, if you cut like if you just took Danny's scenes is like an amazing episode. Like I was like soup. Like I went from like really liking Danny before to like really appreciating him and what he brought, he, what he's bringing to the season. I thought that stuff was fantastic. He spoke about it in such a heartfelt way, uh, in a way that like it took one sentence to pierce, like get the backstory, how he feels about it, everything. Like it was, it, I thought it was like a beautiful, beautiful uh, tribute um, in the middle of this episode. It was nice to see, but I think for me, it sort of emphasized the patchiness of Danny's edit and how oh. underserved we've been all season in terms of that edit. And I was like, I would have loved to see this in episode one or two not here in episode 11 where i i feel strongly that danny is not winning i don't right. know everyone everyone in this podcast agrees but Ooh. Ooh, I don't. um <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, that's the thing is, I mean, part of it is, I mean, this is a date, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like this is something that you could be like, oh, by the way, it's the 25th anniversary in three weeks. That would that's be a fair. terrible confession, yeah. right? Um, like, 
I, I think if if this is like your the the kickstart of Danny, um, you, you kind of know it's chilling there on day whatever day fifteen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what's gonna pop off whatever episode that manifests as. Other than that, I mean, that's fair. I think you could yeah. foreshadow it a little bit, I guess, or you could cut out the day. But I feel like the fact that it was like, hey, I, I might be a little off today. It, he wasn't. He he beasted out the challenge, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'll have more to say when we when we get to Danny. Mm-hmm. In terms yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess quick prop bet here. So we both think Xander. And or Heather will get them. I think Heather's, it's obvious, it'll be about her kids or whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. Let's go. What is Xander if he gets one's flashback? What's it about? Gosh, that's hard. We still haven't heard that he loves to run. I'm very disappointed. Um, and I feel like he hasn't had much hardship in his life. So that might honestly be it, is it's just not like room to struggle. And that's why we'll never see one. But I think it'll be just pretty generic. Like, I don't know. That's hard. (laughs) I'm going to go. It's going to be like full high school musical Troy. It's going to be like, I was a runner, but I also wanted to be a coder. And then people didn't want me to do both things. And because I was a runner, they wanted me to just run and not be smart too. That's why I debug. (laughs) I bet it's going to be something super cringy like that. Hmm. Yeah, I would say both definitely get brought up if he gets one. Yeah, he's going to be like, I'm the smart athletic guy. I think that's what it'll be. Um, (laughs) But yeah, um, so obviously I think that, uh, I think it's kind of a fun thing. Uh, what did you, like, like, we talked about the challenge, like, I like that as a challenge, just not for the, for what yeah. it was. Did love Danny winning, like, that was awesome, seeing, like, his reaction, obviously, with the context beforehand. I thought he was gonna leave, honestly, like, after mm-hmm. the first confessional, with for the way sure. this episode was structured, um, about him saying, I'm gonna have an off day, my, like, warning, like, buzzer was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this is gonna be the saddest episode. Like, it's gonna be... Danny knows this awful thing is going to manifest itself and uh, rear its head. And then it does. And he flips wrong. Like I thought Danny was out of the game, but from Mm -hmm. the minute Jeff explained the twist. Yeah. Yeah. It was really shocking to see Deshaun get this. Um, I mean, we were predicting like Heather, Danny would be easy targets for this. And then one of them sat out and one of them wins the challenge. So, Oh, survivor edit. You're doing some weird things this season. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and like to some degree, I think this episode is kind of like weirdly structured. Yeah, I think they definitely had some. Of course, the twist um, contributed to that, but I think the conversations at Tribal Two definitely um, contributed to that, where they wanted to give a lot of time. Um, I think I heard somewhere that this is one of Jeff's favorite episodes. And I was like, Jeff, is this twist really that great? <laughs> because, but no, it was definitely. Um, we've talked about Jeff's penchant for Survivor is society. And so when this came out, you know, he was so he was so pleased to have it in his show. So, yeah, was, I, I mean, it's it was excellent content. Like, I think the first thing I told you after we was watched is like, Leona saving all her are like good moments for that amazing speech she gave like she had this you just listen to that and it's like well put which i know is something i struggle with and you see people at their tribal council answers they're not perfectly rehearsed they're filled with filler words and all of that and liana gives this one that is just this it's put so well yeah liana drops like a presidential all-time great speech just Mm -hmm. in the at tribal council 
it was amazing. I was, it gave me goosebumps, like all this season, I, especially these last three episodes, honestly. But I, I think especially in general, I, I think when I leave this season, this will remain as one that I will, like, I think to brief aside here, when you're showing new people seasons, I think the, the key is to pick seasons that are about why Survivor's great. Like, Kageon is a really bad first season because it's it, it's more of like a, it's postmodern Survivor, right? It's a, a reaction to what is sort of the Survivor format, and that's what makes it so great, is it's so different. And so if you're showing it so, to somebody for the first time, they don't really get it. This season, on the flip side, I don't think is anywhere near as good as Kageon, but I think would be a good introduction season to a lot of people, because it is about why Survivor's so great. And Liana puts that in, like, exquisite, amazing verbiage there at mm-hmm. Tribal, about, uh, like, the di- like just the difference in, in, even, like, Xander, like, everybody here was, like, kind of crushed it right <laughs> except Heather uh were kind of crushing it um <laughs> at tribal um of explaining why this show's great right and why they care so much and why the like the diff the balancing incentives between all these people is different mm-hmm. like they, they're all playing the same game but they're not playing to the same win con necessarily and there are win condition and uh there are different variables pushing and pulling on these different people to make them act and behave in different ways. And there's, I feel like there's no better way to sum up what being a human being is than that, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're all theoretically living the same experience, but different factors that we can't control change and manipulate how we live our everyday lives, just like how they have to play these games. And I just thought it was absolutely beautiful. And Tribal Council is often not one of my favorite parts of the show, and this ep- this episode's Tribal Council uh, put it up like five points. Like it it was like a kind of a and it went into like a great episode I'll remember from the Tribal yeah. Council. Yeah, and, and honestly, for me, like I just said, like oh, being next to this twist really benefits the twist. But that's very true. I will. I think of this episode so much for the conversations that happen to Tribal Council, and that elevates it, despite there being this sort of eh, p- eh, twist. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to mention like Liana has her first really good bit, and then just about when like I was thinking and I was like typing to the people I was discussing with online, like, ooh, the Facebook casual group not gonna be happy about this. Liana literally is like. And to the people who want Survivor to be about Survivor, and then has another eloquent bit on what that means. Like, so good. And yeah, I'm glad she brought that point up. I mean, I I don't know. On one hand, you're preaching to the choir, and the people who know that already know that. And then the other hand, the people who still want, quote unquote, real Survivor, I don't know if they'll change because of it i wish they did but i I think these kind of things do change people's minds and obviously it's hard to know for sure um but i think that even people that uh i know that are in many ways woke in many ways progressive still don't fully get it right sometimes like still don't fully get uh all the differences that can come into play in these sort of conversations and Mm -hmm. i've had a number of people come to me uh and be like wow i never thought about this kind of point before that wow this is survivor it just and xander kind of makes that point right like i was just playing this game i always viewed it as you just kind of do what you have to do but i don't actually represent anybody and i i never really realized that that would be a factor like those i think those kind of discussions and then danny uh kind of calling that out as well will change people's minds the the people commenting on facebook that are you know (laughs) 
<laughs> not the the greatest folks out there. Probably those people, like you, you've twenty percent of your population. Uh, probably they're just lost. They're never gonna like something like this. But I think there's probably uh eighty, and, and then twenty percent already agree with you. And then I think there's the what sixty percent there that do get changed by an actual person saying their perspective of why they also love the show that you love because you're watching it in its 41st season. I, I think that stuff does matter. And I think they do an amazing job there. Um, really giving it the, the time to breathe. This wasn't a diatribe. This wasn't a... Because I mm-hmm. think that's often what people get mad at, right? It's like, oh, here's this person who's now going to rant their beliefs at me. And, and that's it. This was a conversation. This was, hey, people at home, I know what you're going to think. And she calls it, right? Like, that's, that is yeah. what people are going to think. And she has a, she has like a quick mini mini discussion philosophical discussion with them like hey we have different life experience which means what we think Survivor is is different but we still love the show we still show up we still love Jeff Probst we still like seeing people vote we still like seeing a microcosm of society but society's changing and with that Survivor must change as well I thought it was a beautiful sentiment to leave the show with definitely and yeah i i think it works so well that it it sprung out of this very organic place like the way the conversation flowed made so much sense for how the episode was going and i think that really really helps um i think for people who may not be at the point where they're ready to accept survivor for representing real life as it does now they sometimes get put off when it just sort of gets in there and it doesn't have sort of the smoothest point there which is not to say it's not important when that happens but i think here where it's a bit more natural and really helps to show why people were making decisions in this game i think that's really helpful 100 percent, yeah like because there there could totally be you know inorganic forms of this and the fact that this was just you know 20 people 18 people 18 people uh, out there playing you know just playing survivor that happened to be a little bit more inclusive it, it is an amazing way to to do this season, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the the interesting thing, though, leaving is, so Shot of the Dark's over. And, <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, so I have some mixed thoughts here. So, Liana, I, it's a little, like, again, amazing speech, fantastic. It kind of sucks that she got double voted out of the game. Like, that, like, I could <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't imagine being Xander there and having to be like, oh, this is the right move, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you look like a real, real dick, though. Um, <laughs> so that's brutal. I mean, like, it, it sucks that that's the episode she leaves on, um, for sure. Like, any thoughts there, Joe? Oh, yeah. I guess I, I didn't even think about, like, that is <laughs> an enormous weight to be like, yeah, I I have a lot to learn. I don't represent people. And I'm voting out the person who made this excellent point on yeah. the things I, I didn't know about. Yeah, that would, that's something. I think. And it literally know. went down, uh, the vote was literally on black and not black lines. Like, mm-hmm. also not fantastic. Um, in terms of just like, just the conversation and then the result. I think it, mm-hmm. it, it they were actually playing the game, I think. But yes, yeah, it, for sure. it didn't look the greatest. 
maybe zooming ahead a bit in our episode, but I think it feels like they're really giving a lot of space to these these conversations and these points because it doesn't work out so well in the end for um, that alliance that formed. And I think Mm -hmm. it's it's sort of like we've seen in the past where they've done the same thing with men versus women, where (laughs) men continue to succeed and so they have to give women their due in the best way they know how. And I don't know it doesn't work well, but yeah, that's something they're bad at. Like that's something the survivor team is really not good at is they try to do these like apology motifs or whatever, Mm -hmm. like with Angelina, but then they make, but then they also treat their losing finalists like jokes most of the time. So then you Mm -hmm. have this spokesperson for Angelina of, you know, inclusion and uh, like changing the optics on how women are treated in survivor. And then you just make her look like a total fool every week is like, that's how they do it. And those two ideas are so contrasting is absolutely something they got to fix. Cause it's just, it doesn't work. Um, and I think like, we'll, we'll probably roast Heather a little bit later, but like, I, I was a little disjointed that they gave her like a huge motivating speech, uh, for, her saying she hadn't even heard this yet when we've seen like this, like that discourse that we're talking about, that was so beautiful. So poetic um, that we're like, wow, it's been touched on week after week. And then Heather's like, I had no idea. How are you living with these people and have no idea, Heather? (laughs) Yeah, I was, I mean, you can't control who said what and who Jeff gave the proverbial microphone to, but I wish we would have heard from Erica and Ricard as opposed to Heather and Xander here. Especially Heather, whose whose speech is well-intentioned, but it still has these, I feel like, bits of like, mm, do you get it, though? <laughs> oh, yeah, it felt like she, like, it looked like those words were painting her to me. Like, it did not look um good at all personally mm-hmm. like it definitely gave me the yikes alerts uh the, the, the red flags were going off um and yeah like th- they've spoke about it at other tribals that we know she's heard like it's not like this was the first time this was discussed but she was like wait what <laughs> like, <laughs> i've never disguised blue what do you mean i oh i have so much more to learn like like what do you mean they've been talking about this for weeks yeah so yeah that wasn't great and yeah we'll have more thoughts later but yeah i mean so shot in the dark's over and only sydney played it only the entire sydney. season hmm i just I want to like it because I like the opportunity it provided, but I don't know. There is something to be said that one person played. That said, I mean, maybe it's one of these things that, like, I've been wrestling with this. Like, is this the greatest Survivor twist ever created? Or is it stupid and useless? And I'm not sure which side of the fence I go on because I think there's two ways to view it, right? There's, okay, it was only used one time, so only one person thought they were leaving. And actually, the person who used it left and would have stayed if they hadn't, so... Mm-hmm. Not great there, but like in a way, it it's I think we are seeing it make more people do blindsides, right? Like most of these votes are more duplicitous or calculated than if this twist didn't exist, or at least 
on your average season, right? I feel like they're going more for the sneaky, sneaky, like Nasir's gone. He has no idea it's coming. Like that kind of thing, because they know this exists, because they know that that lever can be pulled and completely upset their game. I think they are having to be a little bit more sneaky, sneaky, and it's not having a big impact on the actual votes, right? Like the, the person who's getting the most votes has still left every time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole lot less interjection like that's inorganic from shot in the dark than from do or die and yet you're it's still changing gameplay it's still changing how people are viewing the game you still can't let joe know he's going home like i think i like it i actually think i like and the fact that it wasn't used constantly even at the last time i think shows that maybe they got the balance right in terms of the odds i don't know would it be better if it was separate from your vote maybe maybe like you just had one to use and you could use it whenever but i mean then everyone does use it on the last one and yeah you get sort of a wild vote but um i don't know yeah it's just weird to have it i'm I'm sure we'll see it in 42 because if 41 and 42 are filmed at the same time they're not going to have like viewer feedback (laughs) to change things so i imagine we'll also see do or die back in 42 um i also do like it as a like even just like for what we do right like as a survivor analyzer being able to like if we're looking i don't know if there's a second chances too right and there's people who you know say that they knew they were gonna get voted out but they didn't play their thing i'm like well no you didn't you didn't think you were getting voted out because you didn't play that thing that you had access to you know it's like when somebody with an idol says oh i totally knew i was going home it wasn't really a blindside but they still had an idol. You're like, oh, you're lying to me. You actually didn't know your observation skills aren't that good. Like, this gives you, like, an easy way to pool the entire cast. And this means, I think this speaks to, like, if this was on one world and the results were the same, it would be like, wow, look how good Kim is. And it would fight against the she's playing with fools narrative, right? Like, people who just got duped one time and then she was able to walk on them. Like, this is like, wow, Shan went to all these tribals, voted these people out, and they didn't even know it was coming, even when there's three three options with Jeannie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. still didn't play it that shows how good shan is like that that kind of stuff is kind of fun as well knowing like a hundred percent not just relying on an exit interview a year after the season it actually played out when they're trying to make themselves sound good whether they knew they were going home or not is kind of interesting yeah i don't know yeah definitely interesting i think out of the twists that are new to this as of this season the most successful um and did it had zero effect on the entire season so that, that is a very low bar because you've got like what like um the phrase idols that are all tied to each other and therefore public you've got the hourglass and you've got doers <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think now hope knock on wood that there's no other like game breaking twists coming up like yeah. get, get into your head joe worst twist of the season let's do the um the razzies of survivor production this year um i'll let you think for a second my vote is the easiest in the entire world i think it might be the most bastard thing they've ever done in the history of survivor the hourglass twist mm-hmm. i agree that's the, that's the <laughs> winner yeah, cool yeah it's just i don't know like i mean it's a problem with i think a lot of the twists is that they want to make it like fun and sneaky and mysterious so they don't give any information about what's going to happen <laughs> like you can improve that even just slightly by saying like one person you get to choose to have immunity but one person will go to this island where they'll have a big decision to make and like oh like maybe i should think about also i need to make sure someone who has a decision that could impact the game goes to this island and just instead 
they were like, and one person's gonna have to rough it by themselves. It just, yeah. yeah. And even there, they were afterwards like, oh yeah, we knew she'd come back with something. So like, we were already planning for that. Tiffany says that at that tribal, right? Like, we knew it's Survivor 41. We know that she's coming back with something. But there's no way possible to know what that is. We've seen everything Mm -hmm. from Idol to Jamal comes back with a fake, uh, a piece of paper that's a fake idol to um, <laughs> that he can't do anything with to you can change the results of an immunity challenge, like mm-hmm. and ch- change time. Like there's no way to parse that to be like, oh, wow, Tiffany or whoever. You should have outguessed <laughs> the hosts who change the rules all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, all the other ones were just kind of annoying, whereas that one was actively harmful, I think. Um, and Shot of the Dark, maybe was good. Maybe was good. So, that I think, any other thoughts just generally on this episode? Like, um, at all? Uh, I don't think so. There was a, a bit at the immunity challenge where they clearly had like two more rounds of pieces left and it just skips to the last round like I saw you survivor editors but that's not really important (laughs) yeah I'm kind of surprised they wouldn't show that because I feel like that's even like you get more more narrative things from that right yeah more stakes like like wow Danny's able to overcome so much more uh even on this really wild day you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like this was almost like the uh this was the exact opposite episode to Rodney's birthday, right? It was everything goes right on this really bad day versus uh, everything goes terrible on this really good day with Rodney's birthday. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so um, that is our general thoughts here. And we're going to move here into the themes and the stories where we try to figure out what this darn story is about anyway. Um so, I mean, obviously, uh, we've been talking about this week after week since episode one, uh, about this this whole risk, probability, luck theme, the idea that a survivor's journey often comes down to a moment, a single moment that sometimes comes down to the luck of a draw or a Monty Hall problem, right? Um, mm-hmm. Literally, the central conceit of this episode was, was based on chance and risk and uh, how much you want to uh, throw yourself into the ring to prosper or not. Yeah, I mean, like, duh, it's important to season. I don't know um, how much more to put there. It's either just by the necessity of the twists and mechanics we've seen, they have to emphasize it, or it actually contributes to the winner's story. I'm choosing to believe the latter um, because they keep reinforcing it and keep showing how people use it even outside of these twists um at the tribal council xander i think says this season is so high risk high reward or maybe that's in a confessional um erica talks about how uh, even though deshaun is the one playing a game of chance it feels like she's also rolling the die um yeah amazing just, confessional too they're just tying it to the people who matter and making making you think so i think yeah um, and at this point, it's tied to a lot of people. So <laughs> everybody has a pers- everybody left except actually, yeah, everybody left has a perspective on risk and what mm-hmm. it means to them. Um, like even down to Heather, right? Who I think gun to your head, you would think not does not have a perspective. But we actually have a confessional from Heather. I think it's two weeks ago saying she's actually pretty risk averse and is just gonna play it play it by ear. You know what I mean? Like just kind of fade mm-hmm. into the background, be chill. Um, 
or we we got her her reasoning for why she sat out here like she yeah. she's at least considering it it's part of the choice um the other factor here joe um look at the two people who sat out one of them was liana the person who was voted out mm-hmm. yeah um there's i think very clearly a why not roll the dice kind of motif going on um and i think we've kind of been here for a while like i think it's very clear this is a, a season about making the risk as long as it's smart they are uh, again, it's it's what we've been saying all season. It's making sure that you're kind of in like the exploration of the risk behind it as well. Mm-hmm. Right? We're even seeing that here. Um, and even Deshaun's like it, it was kind of presented as pseudo safety, right? It was well, what's like, and I actually kind of love this being interjected in Survivor. I actually think the idea that um, the idea that do or die presents is actually kind of amazing. Which is well, what's the difference between getting if if you're gonna get voted out either way at six or even right away, like even at this tribal? Well, what's the difference if you just got flipped a coin and left? There mm. isn't. But a lot of people would put difference on that. And I like that the show is kind of battling against it. Like, well, if you're going to get voted out, you might as well take a 33% chance. We know it's 66, but, you know, the show presents it basically as 33. Um, And I think that's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, really showing, hmm, how do I word this? Like a positivity to when the odds are completely against you, like having this last moment to risk it all. And maybe that's the really big thing. I mean, there's been so much about that, like, um, the the moment where it comes down to the luck of a draw. Like, these big stakes moments. Um, I think we we talk about them elsewhere. I was going to bring it up in, like, the sacrifice theme, but, like, you have to have a low to have the high. Um, it's not supposed to be easy, but nothing good ever is. Like, these, like, when all the chips are on the table, you make it out of it, and that's what, what lets you win this game. Yeah. In the middle of this very powerful tribal council, Jeff Probst says exactly that. He says, well, there's, like, you don't know. He says something along the lines, you know, of... You don't know what happiness is without sadness. You don't know what a high is without a low, that sort of situation, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, like, you combine everything together, and I think that this really is a story about how, you know, you have to be willing to grow and make big risks because if you just let yourself stay as you are, the status quo won't benefit you. Um, Another way to put that is it's the episode where Evie leaves. Evie has a really good confessional where uh, they say that basically chaos is for the people on the bottom, right? If you are not being respected currently, you need chaos to shake up the status quo, to make a risk so that you actually have room to play moving forward. Uh, I think that's kind of the, the philosophy of the season, right? Is you have to be willing to make the hard choices and make them at the right time earlier than maybe you would naturally expect because you don't know when your time's going to come naturally. And it's a whole lot worse to leave um, with no options than to go out swinging. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, like the whole idea of like, you have to have that low to have that high um, from the start, right? Like we we just have this, even just like in this episode, Deshaun is, uh, a part of this is that he's presented as like almost dejected. He's given up effectively because, or even made peace with it, right? He is, his survivor journey is over or restarting and he has no power over the situation whatsoever because he made a risk and it's kind of this interesting like uh dead man walking undead sort of situation that i thought was kind of fun Mm -hmm. and even with danny right um the idea of having that low to have that high 
I think is very summed up in a Danny confessional where he says, you know, for a lot of my life, I blamed and did not value the, the lessons my father taught me and resented him. But from now on, I'm I'm, I'm going to, you know, be a go to his grave more and use that to become a better player moving forward. Right. Like. You have that as well um, of, you know, I'm going to this this bad moment taught me something about myself. Mm-hmm. The other idea, obviously, is the and like, I think these are all kind of at this point, I think they're almost morphing into the same idea. Right. It's what the season's about is another theme we have flagged is authenticity. The idea of being vulnerable, letting you watch, letting the audience watch, showing who you really are. um, Danny has an amazing breakout episode of who he actually is, right? Like, we now understand Danny, I think, and could recontextualize everything he's ever done in this season um, in in a pretty meaningful way. Uh, At the merge, Erica gets that moment. At last week and kind of this week, Deshaun gets that moment, right? I feel like this season has been a lot of picking away at what who these people really are as people. Yeah, I think... To put our sort of main three themes into one, what we're seeing throughout them, it's this idea that there are going to be lows, but it's all about who you are and what you do, the hard work that you do to get out of it and get to that high place once again. Like all three of them touch on that, whether it's taking risks. So whether it's about showing who you are and if you are that type of person who wants to do that and just like sacrifice, of course, is so important to that idea. Like you're going to have to do something to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's 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 got a very blue collar and I've been saying this for a while, right? Like mm-hmm. it's got a very blue collar. You got to work for it. You got to make a risk. You got to like work at it every day to get good to and at the same time not lose yourself right i think that's been um sort of part of it as well right i think when um if you were going to do like an autopsy of shan part of it is that she kind of lost herself a little bit uh early on uh she talked about being a good active listener and how she could you know active listen and like basically make everybody think that she wasn't really a huge threat uh, and then by the end, she, she she's being described as a bulldozer and pushing people over and getting upset about the papaya. Like the active listener has gone away in, in favor of like a dictator. And mm-hmm. in a way, I think part of the story of the season is how Shan lost herself, but was still pretty incredible by the end. Like even a, a lapsed Shan was still pretty great. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think, and I do think this has been a well-told story. Like all season, I've been saying that these themes are lining up for uh, kind of a B-tier winner, and I'm still pretty much all in on that idea. Um, I've been since a little bit before the merge, but it's, like, a good way to put it. Like, I honestly think that the themes here and the story's done a good enough job sanding off the edges of you expecting the next Boston Rob or whoever, Mm. if you're a casual fan, right? Like, that's not what we're expecting. I don't think that the audience should be expecting that. And the the season's done a good job to chisel away uh, against that even the idea of a Boston Rob, right? It's like, well, why would you want the the winner to be so like the winner of a social experiment of a microcosm of society to be somebody who was good from day one and never had to struggle, right? Like that's what this season's saying is there's so much more value in having it be a story about somebody who didn't get it from the start, who did have to strive and grow and maneuver their way through this microcosm, work really hard, not just somebody who was born great and did good. Mm -hmm. I think my struggle with the season so far 
part is that there is not this clear winner edit in the conventional sense. And I think right now I'm finding myself thinking, oh, if anyone wins, I'll be somewhat disappointed because it's not not a good story. But when you think about it, almost anyone left is applying to these bigger arching stories. And I talked about it a bit last week where it's like, I would probably benefit when I think about survivor editing to think story first and think about who applies to those stories. Because I think the season has done a really good thing where almost anyone fits into these stories. They don't have these perfect edgic bars to go back to. But in the same way, the season has been all about why one of these people will win. And that has been shown. So I think in that sense, I shouldn't be disappointed I should be more, I don't know, looking for the story they're telling, regardless of who that is with these stories. Right. No, I think that's 100% the thing, right? Is Mm -hmm. even if you you fly back a year ago, uh, two years ago today, whatever Tommy won, people were not happy, right? Like, it's not like people like, wow, I'm so glad a a decent, (laughs) uh, because that's like, that's the thing is. Tommy is basically what I just said, like the opposite of of everything I of yeah. what I was saying. This season's about Tommy just showed up and was good. Everybody loved him from the start. He didn't really have to. He did have to struggle in terms of gameplay, but he was just better than everybody else there by a good amount of points. And that wasn't a weak cast. It's just Tommy was a survivor alien who was just naturally skilled, and because of that, he felt like inauthentic and weird because. People just liked him more than other people. And he was better at strategy than other people. And so he was just kind of there. And even when people didn't think he was winning, no one was, I, I think at no point did people not think he was a, a winner contender. They they might have thought he was too obvious or something. Uh, I think it was the, the common discourse there. But, like, he was just kind of there as, like, mm-hmm. good, good old reliable Tommy who's just going to do the Tommy thing and eventually win. That's such a boring story, right? Like, that's why... Those the like that quote unquote winner edit is not that interesting, and why I think there is some value in Survivor embracing like I don't know. To me, it's like if one person had to struggle really really hard and made big moves and flipped things and did all that kind of stuff for somebody who just kind of was there. I, I mean, I think that person one there is a, a much more interesting winner. Like I don't know, it, it just. I think oftentimes Survivor has a little bit of a protag, and also I think a lot of Survivor winners are your straight-faced, they swallow mm-hmm. their pride and are able to balance personalities, and and that's not the most fun. Like, your chameleon is not an interesting winner. It's the most common winner, I think. Like, the person who can get along with anybody and be a different person based on who they're talking to is an impressive quality, but it's not relatable because you don't know who they really are. Like, if you met Kim Spradlin in real life, I don't think you would have any idea who you're speaking to. That's an interesting, I don't know. But I'm a Kim Spradlin stan, so I think she would be lovely. No, her. I'm sure she's lovely, but, but you, you wouldn't, I mean? like, okay, yeah. I'm sure um, that, if, Joe, if I had a conversation, if if we had both had an hour and we just got to talk to Kim Spradlin um, alone or Tommy, I think those are the two best examples for this. If you just spoke to them for an hour and then afterwards we did like a PowerPoint presentation on who they are, on who Kim Spradlin or Tommy is, I think we would leave both those conversations with wildly different stories of who that person is. Well, I like, think that's why the Kim we saw on Winners at War was so interesting. 
because it wasn't a winning Kim and they didn't have to be make this perfect edit. I, while, while you were talking, I think the thing I was thinking is that maybe we didn't know or we didn't think to look back at 39 and be like, that's a season Survivor very much wants to distance themselves from for very obvious reasons in one respect, but also they do have this sort of obvious winner that sort of showed where it was starting to get really stale. And I think because we had 40 in between, which was not only a season, but a winter season, which is by its very nature different and to be treated different, um, having that in between sort of made us not think about how much they could do different. And I think one of the biggest things is maybe they were like, let's Let's show people for who they are, regardless of who wins. I I haven't seen most of the season myself. I think I stopped after episode two, which is a weird season to stop or weird place to stop for the season. But Survivor South Africa six is coming to Paramount Plus, and Watch from, it. What, from what I've heard, it's amazing. It does a lot of interesting things with the edit. I've heard it discussed a ton in regards to this season and where it's going. So yeah, yeah, I think it's my favorite season of Survivor in general. For yeah, and I, I think it's interesting that it is coming to Paramount Plus at this time it it really makes me think somewhere in there cbs or something wants to hew closer we've already seen the australian survivor flashbacks so maybe they're looking at a more a wider lens when it comes to what the winner could be and i hope i've said that i think i've said it i like i said not watch the season but i've looked at an edric chart and i think i said that in a way that makes her a very exciting winner if you still have to watch it because i think that would have been an amazing season to watch blind and i kind of kick myself for not continuing with it so 100 yeah it's literally just the greatest season but yeah mm-hmm. no 100 anything survivor could do to chisel away at that i think is good on the flip side i mean I, I i do think that we have winners in the past who are like that sophie i think is a great example of what we're saying i think if you were to just put these themes in south pacific they match up pretty well uh in terms of sophie's story for example um, so I, I don't, again, I really I like to push back on this. Like, this is a radical change. I think, mm-hmm. I, I think people just kind of always forget that, you know, sometimes there are big characters who don't win. It's not like a lot of people's favorite survivor isn't a winner. You know what I mean? Like, or, or wasn't a winner on their first time anyway. Right. Like Boston Rob was so many people's favorite, win- favorite player for, you know, 20 years before he won. Um, but I think, I think the, I mean, we don't know who wins this season. So there's so much contingent in this statement I'm about to say. But I think the thing I'm excited to see possibly change is that instead of this edit that sort of um, prunes around what they want their winner to look like, they show something that's a little closer to what we're seeing beach-wise. Yep, I think that's fair. Yeah, and so, yes, we'll still have... um, We'll have the same sort of quote unquote shocking winners as we've had before. I imagine we'll have some winners that are similar to the typical stuff we see. But I, I feel like we're getting into an era that has more willingness to show the highs and the lows and the irrelevancies and the super relevancies and yep. go from there. Like, yep. I think it will be harder to predict from just an edgic bar alone who wins. Like, obviously Maybe. there are seasons you can do that. Obviously you would never guess some seasons, but, but yeah, I think that's, that's maybe the biggest change is we won't <laughs> be able to say, Oh, look at this CP more, more, more winner. <laughs> like, 
like yeah i don't know if it's ever necessarily been like that like true too like i think oftentimes people look back and they forget what they thought was happening in the season you know what i mean like i I don't know i think there's a lot of like weird weird biases that way but yeah overall like i'm still making the mistake that this is fairly traditional but i hope you're right like i hope this is some sort of radical change and how they edit this show. That said, I mean, Edric works because they're doing their job, right? Like, if Edric did not work and was not a factor, it means that things are random and arbitrary, right? Like, and that there's no consistency in the story of the winner, right? Like, they basically are just showing a winner is just somebody who happened to win the game would be the destruction of Edric. I hope that doesn't happen, uh, mostly because that would be not a good show to watch. That would be much more, like, chopped or something, where, you know, people just, you know, the, the best painter wins or whatever, and there's no consistency. Um, a... <laughs> I think Chopped has, like, tiny bits of edgic to it, if you really, like, you have, like, a little, like, edgic seminar in the course of an hour by watching an episode of Chopped, but not consistent and always. Um, and now I forgot my other point because I got so caught on. Um, but I think the idea is that I don't think edgic necessarily fails. I think there's always going to be a way to look at how the show is presented and look at how it's been presented in the past and sort of make up the space in between to figure out who the winner is. I think it's just about figuring out those shifts. Um, And, I mean... Okay, so, Joe, let me push back here a little bit. So, I think, actually, a good example of what we're describing is Nick. Um, Apparently, future American politician Nick. Um, (laughs) He's a great example of that, though, right? Like, he's somebody that they actually did show... At times he was playing badly. They didn't show at mm-hmm. times he needed he he had like mental breakdowns. You know, like in episode one, he had a really hard time there. Um, and then there's the merge episode. People just didn't think he mattered that much. Like, I, like you have that with Nick. Like, I, I don't think that showing this is all that different. Like, Nick is somebody who did kind of bounce bounce between being a strong player, being a weak player, and then the end story was kind of Christian's bar graph, right, of, well, Mike did better at the end, and Nick did, or Mike did better overall, but Nick did better at the end, and so you have to give credit to Nick or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like uh, To me, that's we already have those winners. They just get sidelined, mm-hmm. I guess. I know. I feel like it's been opening up, maybe, like, in a more perceptible way. Yeah. I mean, it's also something where if your Tommy does win, you don't need to do that as much yeah i still think we see like we see little bits where like tommy's weird or wendell was not the best like it's coming up it's like it's been the hardest thing to buck for me is like winners that have a bad moment or contradict themselves and i'm like well they're done and even ben right like ben's a great example of that where it's he literally is like there's an episode um in the merge there where him and Joe are just yelling at each other. And, like, it kind of takes Joe's side and, like, Ben's being really abrasive. And, but it's it's explained away, right? Like, it's, yeah, this is a thing that happened and now I, now I have to go into a new gear. There's, there's a story element to the negativity. Mm-hmm. Same with Nick. Same with, I think, the people in this season. So... Um, I, I think that's an interesting part of this is that that's what we should be looking for, right? If somebody gets 
this random episode where there's like a, a dick for no reason and there's no connection at all to anything that's disqualifying i think like, if there's a good uh, example here i think with liana yeah like once liana had that super xander focused i hate his face episode like we're done it, it didn't come in anywhere it wasn't explained yeah. rationally yeah there wasn't a flashback to xander saying that i'm gonna try to vote you out every single day for the rest of my life or you know like there wasn't anything there right it was just um you know a, a feud she's mad at him and it killed the complexity and therefore killed her story therefore killed her winner chances yeah that's it 100 percent. if instead the next episode she was like you know what I've decided that blind targeting of somebody is the path to both, you know, like nobody wins in a fight. Right. Um, and instead I'm going to embrace and we're going to be best friends forever. Mm -hmm. That would be okay. Maybe she's back in it, but because she didn't, it's over. Right. Like that's how I kind of view this in general. Yeah. Cause they do try their best to at least be PR managers. Like a, a celebrity will say, awful problematic stuff sometimes and the question of whether they i think die in the public conscious or not is on the mea culpa like how how what is their apology what does it look like the you know the youtube youtuber apology that's super insincere and fabricated gets a lot of hate on the internet right um Whereas, you know, sometimes people do do something wrong and they, they apologize and people get over it. Like, Survivor's the same way, right? How good is the PR manager uh, is a good way to view the story, I think. The only other, like, really story here <laughs> that continues to get brought up is, like, the women don't get credit in the end. To me, mm -hmm. I, I think it's just continuing to point to still a woman winner with our two left, but mm -hmm. odds are shrinking. Day yeah. by day. I mean, it's easy to see, like, how this could go the other way where it's just speaking the truth. But I think I think this time it's hopeful. I feel like I've said that many times in the past, so. Um, Surely a woman must win Survivor at some point while we cover <laughs> the show. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing. When we, when we have our final season, women will start winning. Yeah, but no, yeah. it's happening this season. I really, I really do think so. Mm -hmm. But overall, like, I think it's a well-told story they're doing, and so I'm excited to see, uh, see this moving forward. Like, I like that this isn't about being just the best because I always say this: why I love Survivor is it's everybody enters and the baggage has gone away a little bit. Like, it doesn't really matter if you have a bunch of money. It doesn't really matter if you have anything like that. Uh, it just matters how you're able to win friends, influence people, um, and really get ahead. So I love that there is this idea of you can mess up and not be the greatest from the start. Uh, I, I really like eradicating that idea. I think if there's any radical transformation, it would be that of like, they're okay to struggle at times. I think that's maybe, maybe always there, but mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more blatant. Yeah. I feel like that's what this season has done is it's let the sort of, by giving us this final six, like where everyone has like a bit of something to criticize. Like it just feels like they're really opening up to that. Like none of these people are perfect, but yeah, one of them will win survivor. So, mm -hmm. which I love. I'm actually pretty digging the season quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is made. I, I I mean, we're down to what the final six. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of the, if not one of the, I'm going to stick to one of the, the best cast they've ever, ever assembled. I think it's yeah. pretty remarkable. And I think a really, I mean, I think this cast could have done it any final six, but a really interesting final six that I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have expected at the beginning of the season and wasn't really expecting uh, like 
a few a handful of episodes ago so yeah no for sure and i mean honestly like i'm like these are all people that i think we at least like except for heather new from the start you know what i mean like they're not the main character necessarily but other than heather they all you know were present and and had a memorable moment in the start at the very least um so mm-hmm. interesting that way so let's jump here to danny big episode for danny who i mean i loved him in this like mm-hmm. the only thing that i haven't loved with him this season was the let's target the women part of it mm-hmm. but other than that has been pretty awesome all throughout again this is obviously i think his best episode by by a lot um he's so likable obviously it's a big moment for him and i think clarified where his story is going right um we basically see him like i mean the only negative thing there is that danny's always come off as like a chill cool dude um like there's never this like with Ben or something, like you got you got those moments where he did lash out, and then so when he spoke about growing and becoming nicer and, and loving his family more and appreciating them more, there there's more depth there. Um, whereas Danny's always kind of just been a nice, cool dude, and then kind of tells us he has this his this dark side that we haven't actually really got to see, which is a little unfortunate. But overall, I I loved him in this episode. Yeah. It was a really good episode for, like, me liking Danny as a character. I think on its own, a great episode edit-wise. But for me, I think it was the thing that sort of helped me put into perspective. Like, this is a great episode where, like, if you had built up Danny as sort of a challenge beast, like, oh, some of it's coming to fruition and we needed to watch out for him. And we didn't get any of that. Like, I just think Danny's really free from second-person viewpoints, like, throughout the season. And that's really strange for someone like him someone who doesn't have any votes so far like there's just this lack of like danny is a threat to (laughs) content like yeah Yeah, because it's clear danny's like an outstanding survivor player right Mm -hmm. i think i think he actually might be a bit of a passive player like i think he's been deshaun's vote for a lot of it and i don't know i think that is why we're not seeing as much from him but but yeah i think he's good in that role too yeah no i agree like in terms like i think that definitively now i think danny is our best professional athlete we've ever got i think he passes that bar i'm ready to lock that in it's i think he passed brad culpepper um, my favorite still John John Nitro, but uh, Danny's close second there for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, I agree in terms of henchmen kind of edits. I think he also ranks pretty high. Yeah, you know, like I think he he's in in terms of someone's other someone's vote basically. I think he ranks pretty darn high on my on my henchmen. Mm-hmm. character ranking yeah it is sort of like the ashley from triple h edit but with a little more like flavor like i actually know who danny is as a person Whereas i feel with that ashley it was just like kind of a shock that she made it that far for someone it just didn't seem like was winning yeah yeah ashley it always felt like her confessionals were aired like like they put like a filter over it so you couldn't see see her or something like that <laughs> it was just super bizarre but yeah um Overall, for Danny, I do worry that he may be in danger soon. I think he might be a good pick, actually, for next week. Um, yeah, he's up there. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm definitely worrying for him a little bit. He did rise a, quite a bit on my winner ranking last week from last to third. And he's back in third. So I, I could kind of see it. Like, 
if your pathway is Danny's kind of a henchman, he kind of fades in and out of relevancy, but he has this huge moment with his about his father passing in episode 11 that we know is going to get people on board, and he plays amazing from here on out. Like, I could kind of, or wins out even, like if you might call it, I could see a world where you give him this story to win again not very likely for me uh but i do think that either way this now ties him up so if he leaves next week it's like oh this awesome story about what danny mm-hmm. uh as a human learned about himself on this show mm-hmm. yeah i think that's what it feels like more to me is it's like the story is ending soon whether that's next week or like fifth i don't see him going beyond there um i guess one thing i forgot in general thoughts was like i assume because of the pandemic they weren't allowed to get family members out there Mm -hmm. and this episode very much felt like the family episode with all the positivity that was happening so yeah yeah, i i guess i would have totally thought danny would be going then but now it makes sense for liana to go to and have this really positive moment so that's actually a really good point because i think one theory we've sort of introduced into the uh the community has been like (laughs) beware of the person who's talking about their family all the time Mm -hmm. um like they're gonna die at the family visit and we don't have a family visit so no, I think that's an interesting idea of this tape. I, I mean, clearly the tapes from home flashback thing is taking the role of that, right? right. I didn't really think about this episode taking the role of that, but I think that's actually an interesting point um, for sure. Like, we, even down to the rushed vote, right? Like, the rushed vote discussion that always happens at the family family. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So definitely makes sense. So maybe that's the thing is like they'll just in, whenever they don't have family members, they'll just introduce like a, a twist no one wants. <laughs> like like oh well, you don't have the family visit no one wants anymore. So instead, here's this this twist no one wants. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a risk there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So any other thoughts on Danny? I mean, I'm glad he's getting a shine. Last week I talked a lot about how I'm glad he got his flowers a little bit, got to show some shine on how he's wanting to play the game. We set up a Danny versus Ricard rivalry that obviously came out even more to fruition this week with Danny saying, we got to get out Ricard, basically. Like, it's it's do or die to get out Ricard. Um, yeah, that's kind of my view for next week is like a Danny versus Ricard or a Deshaun versus Ricard standoff. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly, like, I'm pretty 50-50 on who's going to win out there. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Or 67-33, actually. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I think that's uh, that. I think that's where his story's going. It's, it's a battle against Ricard. That said, okay, let's say, Joe... He demolishes Ricard. Like, it's like a Eric giving up the necklace situation. Like, what does Danny need to do to be number one in your eyes? I I think it's out of, like, Danny's control. Like, it's almost like when you're you're talking about professional sports and, like, certain teams control their own path and then others are just, like... Like, I think things need to happen on Erica's sake for me. Ricard, obviously. um, But that would would be part of it. Um, But, yeah, I think a lot would have to happen with other people. I don't think Danny on his own could ever have an episode to boost him yeah it'd have to be pretty comical like it'd have to be like wall-to-wall danny content and nobody else Mm -hmm. is on the show um kind of thing yeah 
Uh, yeah, any other thoughts on Danny here? Nope. Sweet. Let's go to Deshaun. I think he also had, like, a pretty impactful, powerful episode. I really liked the scene with Deshaun right after Tribal. Like, when they get back, and oh, okay. I could totally see myself in that situation of, like, wait, can, like, can you explain it to me? Like, I, I, like, I, I don't understand. And then everybody taking that as him being, like, like, cocky or aggressive or something like that. And then just... He's like, no, like I, I was, I, I was just, I wanted more information. I was hurt. Like I was shocked. Like that's all like explain. I, I really, really enjoyed um, that, that little story there for Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is one of the first episodes in a while where I kind of really saw the case for like a, a thornier Deshaun winners edit where like they don't, they don't. It's definitely not perfect by any means. They show contradictions and stuff. Um, I still don't know if it's quite there. Like, I feel like there's just so much held back that you still could have shown. Um, so many contradictions still. Like, he didn't vote for Liana, but after promising he wouldn't vote for Liana, Liana still went home. So mm-hmm. it just sounds like there are all these people on the jury who are very angry that he's still there and not. Um, a big thing with Liana leaving is it definitely frees up a space in our potential um, final three and who are yep. these losing finalists. So I could see... Deshaun potentially making his way there. Yeah, make, um, make your money, Deshaun. Yeah. yeah. Um, if if people in the jury are calling you a snake, maybe you start playing for second as opposed to first. Right, yeah. Like, someone like Shan's, like, a, I feel like a terrible, terrible enemy to have out there. Like, someone who's just so good at tricking people and, mm-hmm. like, it's just a bad enemy to have. Um, that said, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I like, I've seen a lot more support, I think for Deshaun online and I can kind of see it. Not, he's not terribly high. I think he might actually still be last on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, actually, no, I've actually substantially dropped Heather. Uh, I'm no one. I know. <laughs> I think it is now officially too late. For yeah. The we will talk about the Heather quotient and its status. Yeah, because yeah, before it was like, okay, maybe it's a robbery, something like that. But I think everybody else has just gotten too developed around it that it's just not seen as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So Deshaun's above that and above, I think, Xander. So uh, he has grown a little bit for me. Um, but the, the big thing there is I'd actually... I would actually love if Deshaun won because I actually think Deshaun winning would be of everybody left the actual one that would be a shift in how Survivor structures narratives. Mm-hmm. I think that everybody else, like yeah, everybody else fits the Survivor editing winner mold, and I think that this is not a take many people are w- would agree with maybe on, on its surface, but. Deshaun's the only one, because we we really have never got a winner that's inconsistent, right? Like, that is not a thing that's happened. Deshaun is. Deshaun is wildly inconsistent. But still, you always get the sense that he knows what he's doing, and he cares. Those are the two unifying qualities for Deshaun. But we've seen him be positive, negative, uh, the villain, the hero, etc. Like, he's uh-huh. been everywhere, he's been everything. And he would actually be, I think, the only one that would be comp- would be a unicorn, would be completely unlike any other Survivor winner, uh, where it's this actual nuanced take of, 
yeah, he had basically Deshaun's winner story would be he played sloppy at times. He made mistakes, but he was dealing with insurmountable pressure that other players he was going up against didn't have to with balancing identity versus gameplay uh, and that sort of thing. That would be his winner story. And we've never seen one like that. And that would actually be really exciting. Yeah, I think Deshaun winning would break a lot of like definitive or yeah, definitive rules. Like if you want to like make a list of edgic rules, like where it's like the winner shall not do this. Like it would break so many of those that that would be really exciting. On one hand, that drives me a little wild (laughs) to have like just these guidelines broken but yeah that means really things are changing and there's new there's new rules to be made or new guidelines to be developed that better reflect what a winner and survivor how we see it and what it means because that's the thing is like i don't think you could argue that deshaun's story hasn't been well told Mm -hmm. you know who he is you know what makes him tick you know his what he's scared about you know what he cares about you know who Deshaun is, and yet he doesn't match what a winner looks like because he has been inconsistent and he's been, um, you know, important and then unimportant and then important and then unimportant. And it's yeah. just like uh, a whirlwind that way. But how beautiful would it be if it's like you can actually win this game being likable at times and unlikable at times because you have challenges that other people don't would be a beautiful story that was well told that is poetic that has a beginning middle and end i actually don't think survivors are able to do that though it's an it would be like this would be the game of thronesization of survivor would be a deshaun win and i honestly don't think i don't think they are there that's why i i am going for who i view as much more conventional even if when people think Eventually, they're thinking Tommy. Erica is not a whole lot different than Sophie. Danny, not a whole lot different than uh, your average family person winning or whatever, right? Like, uh, like Ricard, not much different than a strategist who gets a little bit less mm-hmm. less shine, right? Like, we're there for everybody else, but Deshaun's just this giant asterisk of he's different. Yeah, I think coming into this to talk about the two sort of people I haven't eliminated at this point, but I was going to say, I think if they won, I would be disappointed. And I think that still holds true with the second person in that group, but the other one is Deshaun. And I think my disappointment, so as I call it, is like, oh, well, that wasn't what I was expecting at all in terms of an edit. It's not fair to me. (laughs) But really, you're right. The story has been really well told. We've gotten Deshaun's point of view across the season which is really nice it just hasn't been this picture perfect gleaming in control edit we're used to yeah yeah for sure um and yeah like that's but he's also been presented as like powerful too like Mm -hmm. they've done a good job of like you know he's a good player and if they're able to because that's the thing right is he doesn't actually have any mastermind confessionals but you can kind of parse together that he's actually that Right. Not right yeah. now. Obviously, now he's an underdog. He's in, he's almost in the Ben situation. Right. Of He was the mastermind and now he is the underdog. Um, And yet we haven't really got him kind of pulling the strings or pulling his mustache or anything like that. Like he's never gotten those CP like this is my plan. This is what we're going to do. I'm the boss. Everybody's listening to me. He he. They don't even realize it like that Shan got. Mm-hmm. they've just kind of shown he's good and generally survivor will always have someone explain why they're doing the thing they're doing Deshaun hasn't got that enough but i would love if survivor's willing to deviate from the tell not show approach of Deshaun's telling you he's doing great 
uh, two weeks ago, we got a confessional from Ricard saying, I'm really good at this. And then from then on, you see everybody be like, wow, Ricard's really good on this. And I think especially Survivor super fans think they're immune to this sort of manipulation. But I feel like the the Stanhood or the the Ricard support went up exponentially after that confessional where he said he was good. Hmm. We without even you know, even if there wasn't evidence, right? Like people still want the thing the TV show to tell them what to think. Deshaun doesn't have these confessionals where he's bragging about pulling wool over everybody's eyes. And that hurts him from being actually presented as a threat. But I would love if Survivor moved to, you can just say somebody's a threat and not have them expose their their James Bond villain-esque plan to the audience directly. Yeah. Hmm. These are, yeah, this has been a good discussion. I like Deshaun's stock going up by the minute, I think, for me. Because um, I have him left as I'm defending him. <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess not actually, about that. not actually yeah. last. But yeah, I, I would love it. Like, I think Deshaun's not my favorite character. He's probably my second favorite character. But he would be my pick to my, my choice to win. If, if, if I could just uh, change the course of history, for example. Smash an hourglass. Um, yeah, if I could smash an hourglass, change the course of history, uh, I would I would be making Deshaun win this because I think that would be kind of an interesting story. But mm. speaking of smashing an hourglass, uh, we have our girl Erica, who a little bit of a quiet week. Uh, last week we kind of came in like came in kind of hot, like wow, amazing episode for Erica. Uh, like move over everybody, uh, watch out floaters. Erica's gonna slit your throat. Um, and Erica obviously gets a lot of shine here, but it's less than I expected. But she is still presented as the most important person at this point of the game. She's the swing vote. She says she's rolling the dice, just like Deshaun is. What was your take on uh, Erica this week, Joe? It's really tricky. And now that we've had this really good Deshaun conversation, I'm like, hmm. But yeah, Erica was in a powerful position and I think was interestingly placed as a swing vote when we've talked about how Xander was actually sort of controlling how the vote would go. Um, That being said, there are only seven people left. Like, Erica should get some room, but I mean, we can also see where they don't give people room if they don't need it. Um, So yeah, I I think I'm sticking with Erica number one. But it was a strange episode. There wasn't any talk about how her Shan Planix had succeeded, but I, she also could have just not given that content. It's it's tricky. It wasn't the best episode for her, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't the greatest. She's still my number one contender. Um, and with a with a big gulf, I think, between anyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly because honestly, she maintains like my fear for Erica was that similar to like last week, we kind of had a mini segment where we discussed how Erica's kind of now at the same level as a threat. Like she no longer satisfies the B tier or come from behind winner, right? Like mm-hmm. that would no if Erica won today last week or last week, she would like you would actually just buy it as she's a good player, maybe the best of the season. Like people would, would totally be on board there. And I actually just I think that that's not how they view her. Like if she's the winner, I think her story is that they think she is lucky and scrappy and pulls from behind underdog winner. I don't think they view her 
as a mastermind um, at all. Like, I don't think that would be her story. I don't think it's congruent with what she's saying. Like, I don't think that she is a lion now. It's like she has the capacity to be one, but she's still a lamb for the most part. Like, I, I, I would think that she is actually generally fairly docile um, as a player. And the fact that she was still presented as the swing vote here. Um, and we get this sort of pseudo Erica Ricard rivalry bubble back up. We do hear that people are worried about her, but not really doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. All that stuff to me is like, this is actually, the, this to me would be an example of a cool down, even though it's one of her most visible episodes, right? Like she actually is here a lot, but it's, it's, Cooling the Jets a little bit on look how great Erica is. She's doing everything right to where is she going? She's the swing vote. Oh, she's got a lot of power. We now know her game philosophy of cutting all the threats. To me, it still totally tracks. Yeah. Yeah. There, it was interesting here. And I guess once again, it's sort of how the actual strategy went. But in that Ricard and Xander moment, they're like, yeah, Erica's kind of shady, but it's still a vote between Ricard and Liana. Like, there's no talk about putting Erica in that position, which can go good or bad. Like I said, it's probably mostly dependent on what was discussed. But definitely a lot of talk about her, and it wasn't, once again, it wasn't, I mean... It was, she was sneaky and shady, but like not negatively so. Like just mm-hmm. sort of like a confirmation of how Erica is apparently playing the game. Um, but she's playing the game, I think is the big part there. Yeah. And people know it, right? Like mm-hmm. you no longer have to worry that Erica would get to the end and people will be like, what did you even do? Were you even playing? Were you asleep? Like though, all those concerns I think are being washed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's also like this weird moment where she says like, good morning, Jeff. And he's like, Oh, good morning, Erica. <laughs> like, like that was super weird. Yeah. Like someone's confessional got cut because of that. Mm-hmm. So she could yeah say good morning. Yeah. Um, so I think, and I think we both think this, I think talking about like conventional and unconventional winter edits, Erica right now is the most conventional winner out of what's left. Mm -hmm. And I think what gets me is that right now there's this discussion on the subreddit that like, I don't know what Erica truthers are thinking. Like there's almost this like, are Erica truthers spoiled? And it's it's like, ugh, that's first off, that's just not a great stance because we also had it with Tiffany. And like, I don't know, I think it's just a nasty place to go to mm-hmm. um, for the community. But I also just don't like get it. Like Erica, like all these people have troubles and they at times have really good episodes in the present and like really bad episodes. And so it just makes sense to have Erica who has this sort of something you can at least look back in the past and see something that was remotely similar. It makes sense to look at Erica for me. And that's why I'm right, sort yeah. of boggled. Yeah, the people who are like, what, Erica? Who? <laughs> like, I d- truly do not get it because, yeah, you're right. Of If you were to average all these people into most to least similar to your average Survivor winner, Erica is by far number one. Right? Like, like if anything, the take against Erica would be the it's a new era kind of stuff, right? Like, that would be mm-hmm. the convincing argument of not Erica would be, well, no, they actually want to show their winner with negativity and, and 
you know, Tony changed the game because now winners can be kind of complex and bounce between villain and hero. And like, that would be to me, like if I really wanted to get on board for Deshaun or if I thought it like, that's where I would go. Right. It would be okay. It's, it's a new era. So we no longer need to factor in consistency and plot line and that sort of thing. Right. Instead, we're looking for someone who is um, maybe intellectually consistent or something, you know, like, like there's something Mm -hmm. else there. Erica is your boil standard Sophie, right? Like, or like, it's not even a Natalie White. It's way beyond a Natalie White, but like half your winners are like this, a poverty and Micronesia. Like, I feel like there's people now on the edict boards that would totally have missed poverty uh, back then because she was quiet at the start and then ramps up as a big character at the merge. Like, that's a very common winner path and erica like danny uh has the stuff where he's like i just want to vote at the women uh deshaun has wild flips like i don't think it's you have to sum up deshaun's negativity right it's like Mm -hmm. being called a snake and he's he's promising people file twos and then and breaking them and he's never gonna vote them and then does heather not on the show and then when she is kind of tone deaf right like I think you could maybe argue Heather is fairly consistent, but like also has like confessionals where she says she's not going to do anything. So not exactly prime for a winner threat. Like there's not even like, I'm going to like a Natalie White style. I'm smarter than them. That's why I'm going to um, play low or anything like that. It's just, I just, I'm playing low. Uh, Ricard is very inconsistent. Sometimes a villain, sometimes a hero, uh, like very edgy that way. And then Xander vanishes from the show even when he's making big moves. Like, Mm -hmm. everybody else, and is shown as a toddler, right? Like, Ricard is shown as stealing the papaya whenever it's hungry. Like, everybody else has a negative moment that is, like, this really bad, like, oh, look, they're kind of a dick, huh? Erica doesn't. She's just nice. In fact, she's so nice, she's wishing Jeff Probst happy birthday or good morning every day, apparently. (laughs) Like, she's just as, like, glowing and positive. Um, And then is also presented as also knows what she's doing behind the scenes as well, by the way. Yeah. I don't know. It just, to me, it's very clearly she is the most, most, at least, maybe not the most positive, but the least negative, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's why I think she's winning, right? It's everybody, like... That's the thing is, because that's that's what you're seeing, right? That's the discourse is like, this season's so different, everybody's negative. And they're just skipping the fact that one person isn't. Or they're seeing that, like, that episode four where a lot of charts have her as negative, but that's because other people were like, she needs to go because she's being sneaky. Yeah. But I think... It didn't get season, her out. Yeah, as, and, and as the season goes on i think we're not seeing that as a negative that's just how erica's play is characterized and how she escaped right like Mm -hmm. she was able to sneak out of a bad situation Mm -hmm, for sure like that's the story is like erica's story is really easy to tell it's she wanted to play hard from the start she wanted to make risks maybe they didn't work out We'll never know. She didn't go to tribal. Uh, They wanted to throw. Uh, They knew it would be a mistake if they let her get through, but she was able to have good bonds with the seer and, and fought, you know, that kind of thing. So he didn't throw. She was able to make it to the merge where she changed history. And from then on was a lion when everybody thought she was a lamb and they should have voted her out and should have thrown. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the story. And it's pretty darn conventional. And I'm shocked. Yeah. That like, I think that it's just people want, it to be a new era and i think it's not realistically Mm -hmm. or like someone who i don't know this is almost the opposite but someone who didn't immediately get them in the beginning 
Because I think, like, with the exception of Heather, all of these people have had their sort of moment in the contender spotlight pretty early on. Mm -hmm. I feel like Erica took a while, and it it took the season actually sort of coming together to make sense before people started really believing, so. And yeah, I mean, it's just, I think that the other factor is that we have just been getting these hyper-visible winners for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, we haven't had a quiet winner since Sarah. Even Sarah, I mean, was visible from the merge onwards, right? So I think that's probably the biggest factor there, is that there's a lot of new people who haven't had a quiet winner yet. And... Like, unfortunately, a lot of those are early seasons that you can't, like, you can't go back and revisit what it's like to be week to week. Unless you haven't watched it and you do the chart and there's, you've never heard Sophie's name before to know she's a winner, right? Like, it's really the only way you're going to get there. And I, I think that's probably the biggest factor. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. 100% in there on Erica. I think that, yeah, I, I think there's a really good shot. It's her. And if it's not, it's an unconventional winner, which is exciting. And as somebody who's not fully sold on Erica as a character, that's why I'm hoping it is someone else. I don't know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody else to me would be much more exciting as a winner, ex- except Heather. But Well, um, I would say including Heather. Let's just, <laughs> let's, just, let's just get to our favorite character, yep. Heather. Uh, yeah. Plummeted. Yeah, the Heather quotient. I don't know. I think for me, I looked at some of those edits and when I was thinking I'd be disappointed, but I could see Survivor doing it. It became more apparent than like, I mean, really what Heather is banking on is that like last episode truly like the most new era ever. Like, I I don't know. Would you think Heather flashback theory is more radical than Deshaun's edit now? If it was presented literally how you described it that one week of like, we get to the finale (laughs) and it's beginning to end Heather some recontextualizing everything you've watched yes okay that would be more unconventional than Deshaun for sure I mean that would be unlike anything we've ever seen before right Mm -hmm. that said I I think a Heather win would actually look a whole lot more like Natalie White or Danny Boatwright or something where it's Heather, Ricard, and Deshaun, and the the, jer- the the final tribal is Shan and everybody getting up and just roasting Deshaun and Ricard, saying you're bad people, and Heather was nice and voting Heather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the big thing that maybe I didn't realize how much of an effect it had was, like, Heather's comment at Tribal Council getting a bad reaction from the jury like yep. oh this jury isn't isn't sympathetic towards heather like oh yeah and i don't know like maybe this is me reading into it it looked like deshaun was like just rolling his eyes at heather oh during her her second comment like yeah during the conversation on race yeah i, I felt like deshaun was like i've heard these words before from other <laughs> white women and yeah yeah because he was literally like yeah heather we're all growing mm-hmm. yeah like, like uh, and like, he's right. Like, like, come, like, it's it, to me, it's inexcusable to be saying that at tribal. You know what I mean? Like, it's you've been on an island with these people for twenty days, something like that. Some amount of days, some large amount of days. Some of them from the start. Many of them. One of the, Deshaun and Danny from the start, mm-hmm. right? And um, yeah, it just it's it's completely like completely vapid there. It's just there's no consideration for the other people, and yeah. it's just like like really now is when you want to ask more questions, Heather. Like look at the boot order. I don't know. <laughs> to be fair, I think 
Heather is honestly in a position there where she can't say anything, right? I mean, maybe, but still, I, what she gave wasn't great. <laughs> no, it wasn't. So. And I think it just like showed a little bit like, like the, 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 the case for a Heather win would be the other people are unliked and Heather is, and they're okay with forego because they've shown us that she's actually not very good at the game. Like the one time she tried something, the next episode, the start of it, like when she got up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and was whispering at the live tribal. The yeah. next episode's beginning was about how Heather screwed up and how everyone's like annoyed by Heather, right? Like that was a was a factor there. Or like the sting of like Heather telling Shan that she might be going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%, right? Like we've, we've seen that Heather's actually like, she isn't the secret genius, right? Like I think that's a fun theory. I, I, I personally would not like it. And I don't think it's going to happen be- even yeah. just on the, on the game. Cause I don't think that's what Heather's done. If Heather was actually more quiet, I'd maybe buy it more. But when Heather does talk, it's not good <laughs> is the issue, right? Is if, if Ricard was getting Heather's edit and just spoke once every couple episodes, but said something really insightful, I'd get it. I'd be mm-hmm. like, mm, maybe I could see it. But like Heather just kind of puts her foot in her mouth whenever she talks. Yeah, I honestly think, and I don't know, this is kind of almost too harsh about what I'm saying, but I feel like the edit maybe thinks Heather is just taking up space at Final Tribal Council and therefore was just like, no, I, I don't need to give too much attention. That's like, my current leading theory. Yeah, like, that's what it feels like. You'll get a little bit of do. You were here. You made it. You had some interesting moments, but you are not at all a horse in this race. And that has made it less interesting at the end here. Yeah, I, I actually agree. Like, I mean, in what world is Heather not a losing finalist? Like, like to me, Liana, Liana died so that Heather can a hundred percent be a losing finalist or a fire maker loser, I guess. But like, yeah, like to me, this almost reads now as yeah. Like you put it the best. There is like, they view her as like a regretful casting or taking up space or something. Mm-hmm. Like we might as well make it a, give more content to the two people who are there getting votes than the third one who never had a shot very yeah. much. I'm seeing a Troy Zan sort of, you did your best but let's look at these two other people. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if like, I don't think we've seen anything that Heather's like a bad person. Like, I think that we got, maybe she's a little, little yikes, maybe mm-hmm. um, this week, but not like, like, it's not like this is a Dan or something like that. I yeah. guess to me reads a whole lot more like a Troy Zan, where it's just like, they kind of appreciate she's there. But, like, they just, and honestly, less than Trizan, because Trizan actually got, like, like that was celebrated in the moment. Like, they gave him, like, his due there. Um, I don't I, even think Heather would get that. It, it seems like they're just, like, kind of, like, you're not even trying. I think Heather will get that at the end. I feel like there will be moments where they'll be like, oh, yeah, remember when Heather never gave up and Heather did these things? You can see that, like, yeah. Little... They are always very nice at the end, right? Like, the the day 39, day 29, 26, whatever. Um mm-hmm. Like That's, breakfast? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking tribal council. Like, mm. I think there'll be like a smidgen of positivity. And then they'll be like, you can see that. But did Heather play the game? Not really. <laughs> yeah. You can uh, even see the, the flow of dialogue going that exact way. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll, they'll spend two minutes talking about does Heather have a chance? Yeah. Mm, yeah, but these other two people risked it all. Mm hmm. Heather, did you ever make a risk? And then she's going to fumble the question and say, you know what? These other two, you know, I have more questions to ask and risks to make in the future. 
it's been a pleasure. I've watched the show with my family. Yeah. For, yeah. And, that's and what's going to happen. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're going to see. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts here on Heather? No. Yeah. This is like kind of like the, the dream died this week. Like it was just mm-hmm. enough to go over the, the threshold. Like to me, it really would require a couple more positive episodes. Like, I think if you're going to really be a Heather truther, the one thing in her corner is she did get some like positive music when she was talking. Yeah. <laughs> like the survivor editors are a little tone deaf. Maybe they but thought that was a powerful. Were they just like, uh, let's not neg- neg- negate the music with- between when Danny and Liana speak, because that's just too, too much work. Yeah. 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 They just left it on. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's like the only moment. And like, I guess Heather also said good morning to Jeff, but I don't even know if she was on in the frame when she said it. So. <laughs> Whatever. Um, let's jump here to Ricard. Ricard was so good this week. I have him number two. He, I, I can kind of see what people are saying now. I still think it would be a little bit unconventional. Um, more so than I think people are, are giving it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would be the second most confession, conventional uh, winner at it to me. And yes. I'm, I'm all in on my idea that this is a regular season. Get over the new era stuff, everybody. Um, which is why I have Ricard second. I think so. The two people I talked about, Deshaun and then Ricard's the second. And I think with Ricard, I'm still truly disappointed if he wins this season because they went a conventional direction, but didn't fully commit. Like they just really messed it up. If, <laughs> if Ricard wins this, um, but yet I can. It's at the point where I can see it. With this final six, it feels like a distinct possibility that they're like, you know what, this is good enough for Ricard. <laughs> and yeah, I don't I don't like it. I think after our conversation with Deshaun, I think I I think I put Deshaun's unconvention and what that means and what that brings in Survivor 41 over Ricard's convention light. <laughs> like mm. I think I would favor Deshaun winning over Ricard right now. Yeah, it's so weird to me. Uh we had a a really good comment uh, last week from Buffalo91. Um, and he basically, so last week I kind of posited an idea of like, who is Ricard similar to in the past? And I honestly think Buffalo made a good case of Sarah. And so basically the case there for Sarah would be, we've heard that, um, you know, post-mortem on that, on Game Changers was that she was way more cutthroat than we ever saw. You know, we we hear, heard about the, she took Brad and Troyzan's wedding rings or whatever, I guess Troyzan's friendship bracelet. And held on to them and said, if you don't vote with me, uh, I'm going to throw them in the ocean. And then she did things like getting really close with Andrea about her dead sister. I'm using that to manipulate Andrea. Um, But then instead, what we saw was someone who's really quiet, the silent assassin pre-emerge. And like, she ended up being this big threat, but we didn't get anywhere near the level of brutality that she showed in the game. Like, I think Sarah is... Maybe the scariest winner we've ever seen in Survivor history. But that wasn't on the show. We saw Brutal, we saw Cutthroat, but we didn't see, like, Monster, almost, with Sarah. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, and the, the case that Buffalo makes is that, well, Survivor showed actually, that's actually probably the best example of the containment theory almost of a winner, right? Is they're not allowed to be too much because it would make the show bad, which is kind of how how Edge kind of works, is that she got um, her edges sanded off a little bit. What mm-hmm. if Ricard is similar here, and they think he went over the line almost, and they can't convincingly sell him to, you know, soccer moms in, in the Midwest as a winner, and so they have to stand off his edges a little bit. I don't think it's a terrible case. I think, yeah, I think there's something interesting there, and I think my argument against it lies too much in, like, we need, like, a... Con- size term for like what was said on the beach like being all that they can work with yeah because like, i feel like often i drift into like but what if this had happened and that's just like it didn't happen so i can't mm-hmm. consider that because yeah i think you can look at some of those earlier things and just say were was what ricard was doing not i guess appropriate <laughs> to show if he is our winner um so yeah i feel like from what we saw that there was more that you could have done in that pre-merge to make it better looking because he's had a really good post-merge i would say the biggest things are still papaya gate honestly just is such a moment of negativity in there that it's like if yeah. you're doing this pre-merge why did this come up and then also his actual merge episode was so quiet yeah. like and i think for someone who is now built up as a threat not to highlight that as early as you can yeah yeah super unselling myself on ricard again after sort of building up yeah i think it's mostly because i think all this could happen and maybe ricard still wins and it's just not my favorite winners at it yeah no that's the thing is ricard is second for me because maybe they just suck like Maybe, like, I think, I mean, they're clearly good at their jobs. You know, these episodes are good. It's a hard (laughs) thing to tell the story of. Like, oh, you got to make it believable, but not completely, but, but still shocking, but not too shocking, but not too believable. Like, they have to play this, like, wild dance. They have so much footage. It's a really hard job. But if Ricard's the winner, they screwed up. The narrative thrust for Ricard is just not there it's he was good at strategy is basically what we have um and he and he loves his family and, and, and like there are some good moments like he is so captivating that despite that it's good he does have those good scenes uh the scene where he talks about uh being deaf in his right ear and not being able to hear is beautiful and amazing but it's all jammed into one episode randomly in the middle of the merge it's not great like uh, to me it's just i i kind of stand by if Ricard wins, it should have been a Tony like coronation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's clearly being being given like if this is like if this is um the winner story of Ricard, it's it it feels like they don't even they're not even embracing it. They're like ah, this guy won darn it <laughs> like yeah which i feel like that's that's definitely not what survivor 41 would do to a person like ricard winning survivor like there's so many hallmarks of why you could celebrate his win that you wouldn't tamp it down in all these ways so yeah, yeah i'm i'm very much unselling myself on ricard now like i I don't know if he could plummet below Heather at this point, but like, I don't know. He still just might be third by default because I don't have much faith in Danny, Heather, or Xander. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like the other, like that's the thing is like the other factor is like, I really see no world there for, for Xander 
maybe I'm wrong there, but um, yeah, like I, I'm trying to think. Like I saw a good argument there on on Ricard winning, and like it was like mildly persuasive. I think it was a uh, robot Devin uh, who who sometimes is uh, you know friend of the show um, making like a fairly okay case there of like okay, so we're gonna see basically uh, Ricard inheriting Shan's goodwill Mm -hmm. i think we've sort of seen that so i can kind of see where people are coming from there i'm not terribly convinced of it but i'm so much less convinced of everybody else that he's second erica Mm -hmm. had a weak enough episode this week that i still have ricard and just ricard on my chart to me it's close enough between erica and ricard that i can kind of see either but yeah i mean i just think he deserves better and he has been visible in every episode for the most part like a couple quiet ones but if you actually look at the chart like pretty good um all things considered and like hard to be too critical there um i i just i feel like he deserves better i guess i guess that's the mm-hmm. thing is i just hope he doesn't win i hope this is an example of them giving somebody their due even though they didn't win I hope this is some uh, an example of somebody who is clearly the best player out there and being rewarded as such with like some good, awesome scenes, being shown as a threat, getting to show his little devilish side by wishing that Deshaun gets uh, the bad result. That stuff's all fun. It's just, if you were to sum up Ricard's win, I, I don't think you could do it very easily. I could do it very easily for Erica. It's the story of how... You know, they should have voted her out. And she was, you know, lambda lion cutting all the people's threat uh, throats, like Deshaun says in episode four. Ricard, it would be like how how he was Sarah's number one ally, but then let her leave to then work with Shan to be a strategist. And that's it for five episodes. And then Shan leaves. He cuts Shan. Um, he's the... You know, the she never should have trusted him. She should have kept Genie into I'm the biggest threat in the game. I just I don't think it's very congruent. And I mm-hmm. or like um it doesn't it doesn't parse well. And yeah. I think that's the issue. It's choppy. Like if it was mashed potatoes, it would be those mashed potatoes with like the lumps of potato in them. <laughs> yeah. I I know I very much see him sixth or fifth. Like I know if I wanna say something as like I don't know, to me it sounds dumb, like if he makes the final, like, or the final tribal council, he's winning. Mm-hmm. But, like, but yeah, it feels very like he could go next episode and be, like, the last boot before the finale. He could go fifth and, like, yeah. just, like, a big start goes. Or... In his favor, though, I will say, are, like, Erica, this week, my current front runner, says that basically not taking Ricard out here could be a game-losing mistake, right? Maybe it is. Maybe that's how Erica loses. It's Erica mm-hmm. and Xander both have lines, something along the lines of, of, well, maybe we should take out Ricard, but we trust him, so we're not going to. That could be an argument for Ricard sneaking in there. Um, I think it would be specifically against Erica and Xander. Um, that would make sense. Otherwise, I, I, I'm not seeing it as much. Yeah. Like, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, that stuff in this episode is what swayed me to have him a second, was the positive comments about how threatening he was and no one doing anything about it. Like, that's very Ben. That's very... Tommy, etc. You know, to me, like I, it made sense to hear it, but it also makes a lot of game sense for Erica, Heather, and Xander to wait to have some yeah. better control of the numbers. So that's why I'm not thinking. And I know he could go on an immunity run, but it, that also doesn't feel right. 
I, I feel like he goes before the, the final tribal council. Right. And like, that's the thing, right? Is optimal play for Xander would be to let Ricard die next week, right? Like, if you're just viewing this strategy-wise, if you're Xander, he says in this episode he's the most worried about being a physical threat. Um, And that if, you know, Ricard leaves, then he's going to be eyed right after. Well, mm-hmm. Xander still has his idol, mm-hmm. so that we haven't heard about in a while. But, like, if you take it Ricard next week and just, like, that's an easy consensus boot, you're then in the final four. If you're Xander, you're probably then in the finals. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty easy win condition to get to. Um, And it requires Ricard leaving next week, basically. Um as like an easy consensus boot from everybody. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be I'd be watching. Like to me, it really does feel like Ricard is leaving. Like, I can't see him being a fire loser. Mm-hmm. Really, I couldn't really see him being a losing finalist. Maybe he could be like sixth. I guess, or, or I guess that would be next week. So I guess fifth. Yeah, like he could be the first finale boot or the the Christian Hubicki honorary right before the finale boot. I don't, or, or winner. Like those are the three universes. I don't see anything else, which is not great. For you don't think, I actually think fire loser. I think there's sort of a, where like Xander wins and takes Heather and then Erica beats him. And it's sort of this like Erica beating the biggest threat like gives her a little bit of momentum i mean i could see it i just i feel like like i said like i think in the past we've seen a lot of fire winners or losers mentioning fire at some point mm-hmm. i don't think we've seen ricard talk about fire yeah as, as maybe I, if if that is the case and any listeners remember that and we somehow missed it let us know but i don't think that's been the case and I do think it would be worthwhile to like go back and just double check that that's right. Cause I think it is that every season we've covered here, uh, since I guess every season we've covered has had fire making, um, as, as the end. Mm-hmm. And I think every single time both, both parties did at some point mention fire, which I actually don't know who that leaves us with. It's Deshaun for sure. And like Erica's made it. Oh yeah. No, everybody was, yeah, Danny at the merge mentioned that Erica can make fire, right? When they're all worried about Erica making fire or, mm-hmm. or like dying or whatever on, on exile. Yeah. So, I mean, gun to my head, I guess that would make sense. I feel like Xander maybe as well has made fire, but um, that I'm not hundred percent sure on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we've seen it from Ricard. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's weird because Ricard's just like this mega threat. It's just like, that's not a great spot to be in either. I don't know. Yeah. But let's jump here to Xander. What did you make of D- Xander this week, Joe? <laughs> His edit, like, hmm, this was not a good episode amongst a bunch of bad episodes. Um, Yeah, he's just not the swing vote. When he should be the swing vote. He doesn't mention using his double vote unless he talks about it right at the very beginning of the episode it gets mentioned. He doesn't really talk about how, once again, he doesn't have to use his idol, it seems. Like, so much is missing from Xander's edit. Like, they just... Why are they not trying to vote him out? Yeah. Like, that's the weird thing, because it's like, to me, he feels like the other losing finalist. But I look at his path through the game and I'm like, I would vote for Xander. Like, yeah <laughs> like it doesn't make sense like that's the weirdest thing is like erica beating xander to me is kind of bizarre like we haven't seen enough bad about xander yet so like does that's go- why joe my hot take here is i think we've seen this in my opinion horrible editing trick 
And we definitely saw it in Ghost Island. We saw it in Game Changers. We saw it in, I think, in Island of the Idols. And what I'm talking about is the patented, let's call it the Brad Culpepper. Like, okay, yeah. so Survivor Game Changers, uh, for anybody who didn't watch or it's hazy, starts with Brad Culpepper is all of a sudden the nicest guy in the entire world. He, ma- he gets these giant balls and he's into antiquing and he loves his wife, Monica. Um, but it's so much focus on like antiquing and being nice now and, and that sort of thing. Right. And then we flash to the finale episode and he's a raging dick the entire two hours. Mm-hmm. And it's just all of a sudden he's a new character who's just a total dick talking about the Culpepper brand and like bragging about being rich and this kind of nonsense. And it's the worst. It's like jarring and terrible to watch because you've been shown for 13 episodes, one person, and then he's just completely different in the finale. Laurel was the same way in Ghost Island in the first season we covered where Laurel all season was like pensive and thoughtful and like, she wants to make the move, but there's there's weight on her shoulders to do it. And then she gets to the finale, and she looks like a spoiled brat, right? Like, mm-hmm. she looks confused and lost and spoiled. Like, and it's just a different person in the finale. I, I think that's what we're going to get with Xander. I really do. I think that my guess, like, there's clearly a reason that he's not getting voted at any point. And they know he has an idol and that he's a physical threat. And no one seems to give a crap about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good pull. Because it is just this disconnect of, like, he literally says, like, I have the resume, and yet it doesn't feel like people actually think he has the resume. Um, They feel like they're now just playing around his idol, waiting for that to expire. Like, I don't know. Not, yeah, definitely has been last place for me as a contender from the edit. But, like, I'm I'm still perplexed from a logic perspective. Like, they need to yeah. drop that bit to show us, like, why why that's the case. I mean, maybe he does go before the final tribal council. But, and... like, how, right? Like, that would require him either... that. I mean, that would require him idling or getting voted out with, with it in his pocket next week, I guess. He could go at five. I guess... Yeah, it, but that would be him playing his idol next week then. Mm-hmm. And then having them being vulnerable at five. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that like could happen. Yeah, like, he could be the fire-making loser. Yeah. I, I, we are being, I guess, a little presumptuous that Xander, someone who is like Xander, would not lose fire. Um, And, I like, obviously anybody can make a fire. Uh, I think we're just, I guess, uh, assuming that he'd be good at it. I know. I think it's just so, like, I work from this, like, Erica's winning, Heather's a losing finalist. Who is that third person? <laughs> and it's just yeah. like none of these four people are a fit for many reasons. Like Danny seems like he would win. Xander seems like he would win. Ricard would win. Um, Deshaun, I guess, is an okay fit here, but I could see it being Deshaun. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I mean, we could totally I don't think it's hard to see how Deshaun loses um a jury vote, right? Like it's uh mm-hmm. I-, I could see him getting zero votes, right? Like I could see Deshaun being your like screw you, dude. Like I don't even want to look at you. Like Russell Hant style, you know what I mean? Like, and to be clear, Russell Hant's in Heroes vs. Villains, where mm-hmm. they just hate him. You know, like I could see that being the case. And someone uh, gives a Reed style vote to Heather. Yeah. To get her second place. Oh my god, imagine. <laughs> Legend. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, I, I don't really know where Xander places, but, like, I think we are gonna get the other side. Like, I, I like, 
If I had mm-hmm. to guess, I think we are going to get all of a sudden he's a different person. Whether that's Fire Making Loser, whether that's Final Five, he wastes his idol or whatever. Like, yeah. there's something weird going on there. We have no personal content. We have some people saying they hate him. Mm-hmm. They hit his face. They hit his face. Um, we have him not be a threat for a vote in a long time. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. like, when is the last time? He was actually considered to... Yeah. Like, it's been a good chunk of time, I feel like, where he was ever in any actual... Like, like they split the vote once? On the or... Tiffany vote, right? Yeah. He gets a vote from... Nasir. Nasir. But other than that, he actually has never been the vote. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he, he's been presented as under the gun a couple times, and yeah, he's won a couple immunities, but he really has never been the vote. He's never, like, snuck by or anything like that. He's, it's always been something else. And, I mean, I think it is kind of telling that they voted Tiffany over Xander. You know, like... Yeah. And, I mean, Tiffany's called him... Tiffany was the one who pointed out that he has caught in a lie. Mm -hmm. I think there are some threads there to be, like, maybe Xander's not the most deserving or... Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like we haven't seen it. Like, yeah, he was a little goofy at times, but... Like I, I don't know. I I'm I'm betting that there's more there. Maybe maybe he's a dick. Maybe he I don't know doesn't do stuff around camp. I don't know what it's gonna be. We've seen a couple different manifestations of that Brad Culpeppery style, but and I, I think that could pair nicely in some way with his flashback coming up. Like yeah, we see how Xander acts and how it's maybe not the best, but like we get a bit of him explaining who he is and I don't know why he commits whatever sin he does. Yeah, yeah, I really don't know. No, but I don't know. I like that's the thing. I actually have no idea where he places because he doesn't feel right as a losing finalist. Like mm-hmm. even with what I'm saying, like like dude's the scrappy underdog with the idol who holds on to it. Who like you know like that's that's actually kind of brave. Um, yeah, I, I, losing finalist seems wrong. Firemaker seems wrong. I don't really get how he leaves at six or five. It's it's tricky. Mm-hmm. He's just a question mark. But it's clear there's something there because this is somebody that they that could have been their next Aussie, right? Like. Every time Xander gets ignored or subverted or anything like that, my brain immediately goes to this could have been their next Ozzy Malcolm survivor fan favorite, like four timer. I think he has it in him, right? Like he's charismatic. He's smart. He gets the strategy a little bit. He's good at challenges. Obviously he's like conventionally physically attractive, has long hair, long curly hair, like a jungle boy. Mm-hmm. Why are we not getting the full embrace there? Yeah. It's Xander's the one where you could have so easily slotted him him into a conventional winner edit and yet they didn't so what is going on yes like even like like i don't know if there is a huge difference like if you were to go to cook islands like other than that he doesn't win i don't think there is a massive difference between like like ozzy gets effectively a winner edit except for he's negative at times right like and like someone like that you wouldn't expect to to have that side a little bit Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's so clear that season is partly about celebrating Yule, but also about embracing a new survivor icon and Aussie, right? Like a lot of that season is that same with Philippines. It's like, yeah, Denise is great, but Malcolm's going to make us millions of dollars and loyal <laughs> viewers and buff sales and, and that sort of thing. Right. That, mm-hmm. that could have been Xander. And every time he sidelined, like you have to think about that part of it. Right? Like, they've said out loud, I believe, that they're not going to bring anybody back before 40 in a long time. Mm -hmm. So they have to make icons. They have to make new legends 
for when the ratings go down or whatever. Xander could have been that, and he's in the final six. You know what I mean? Like, Joe Anglum, who is the is just like that, what, left 11th or something like that in Worlds Apart? Mm-hmm. And they were still willing to completely embrace and get behind him. Why aren't they doing the same thing with Xander, I think is an interesting question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so he's last for me, personally. I just think... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like a shoe's gonna drop there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, any other thoughts on Xander Joe? Nope. Cool, cool, cool. Let's jump to Liana, Rip Queen. Amazing send-off. Amazing character. Yeah. Like, I was kind of thinking it makes sense to think that a lot of Liana's edit has just led up to this moment. Like, they knew she was leaving on a very powerful thought, and they did the right thing and gave that character lots of development. But I also think, I mean, she had the big um, knowledge is power twist, and I think I'm really just glad they didn't start it at the merge or close to the merge. Like, we saw we had Liana for a really high contender. Um, she's sort of the last person who I ever had as a high contender is leaving. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we got Liana as a character and almost happy that's not a losing finalist. Like, it's interesting that they left some of these story threads dangling. Like, the Xander-Liana thing wasn't, I mean, Xander's double vote did do it, but, like, it wasn't addressed. I I don't know. In a way, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that Liana was an amazing character and completely co-sign everything you said. Like, love that from, like, the million-dollar mistake episode you know mm-hmm. right? glad that we got that glad we got a mia culpa from somebody that wasn't the winner glad we got um a thorough exploration of how liana views survivor mm-hmm. for not a winner for a seventh placer for somebody that was never the top threat you know what i mean like i absolutely love what they did with liana um i'm glad that, that we were able to consider her right like that's what we're always asking for is just take xander Give him a little bit more context early on. And we'd we have him on our chart. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. take Deshaun, make him a little bit less inconsistent. He'd maybe be on our chart. We said this a lot with Lauren and um, 39 and Island of the Idols, right? Like, all it takes is just putting a little bit more shine on them earlier on and you could buy it. Yeah. I love that they did that. Like, it's like they listened to us with Liana, right? It's... They actually took somebody that could have been a sidekick, that could have been an Andrea Belke showing up at the merge all of a sudden as a threat. And then we're like, okay, yeah, whatever, Liana. You want to make big moves? Okay, see you at seventh place. (laughs) Instead, it's an an actual compelling character from beginning, middle, and end, right? Mm -hmm. Especially especially end, right? Like, just an amazing send-off, an amazing, like, just an amazing journey that we went through. To the point where, like, I'd be happy to see Liana on another season, Mm-hmm. Or I'd be happy to look back if she never plays again at what an awesome little arc that Liana had. Yeah. I think the thing that we can watch out for with Liana is that, like, maybe this sort of, like, they say an important thing or do an important thing. And the editing the editing team takes that and sort of makes them someone who's very important. And I mean, that's in a way that's happened to all of, all of Survivor. But here at... It really got us like we were like waiting for like Liana's big moment and her big story. And why was it both positive and negative? 
And now you can see that the positivity had to be there to sort of give Liana this sort of credibility for when she says these things, you care a bit. Like even when Liana has misused her advantage and hated Xander's face, like she's still someone who deeply cares and deeply cares about who she is in this game and who she's playing this game with. And that makes her once again, amazing. We are both being like, I think hitting ourselves for being like Liana's not the best confessionalist and then she literally makes this amazing speech amazing at tribal though right (laughs) like um Mm -hmm. for sure and honestly she did get better as a confessionalist like especially like you compare her to someone like erica who is much worse in in the diary room right in the in the confessional Mm -hmm. and uh i think honestly by like episode six I was kind of off the Liana's a terrible confessionalist wagon. Like, I was, like, I don't know. Early on, it wasn't great, but I think she kind of grew into her own there. Um, And by the end, like, even this week, like, I thought she was pretty good. Like, when she was like, oh, no, they're going to make me an easy vote. Like, I'm worried about that. All that stuff was pretty good. Uh, Again, she's not amazing. Like, she's not a Shan, but she's she's passable. She's good. Um, and yeah, I just like, to me, there's just a, like a fun to her. I like characters like this that are willing to make big moves that do want to play hard. Yeah. I think my lesson moving forward from Liana, it's kind of what you said. It's a little bit different. It's just like, pay attention to the doomsday signs. Like we were like, I don't know. I don't think at any point we were ever like, oh, there's no sign of this going wrong. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay. What generally, if there's any doomsdayiness, it's probably a bad sign. You know, if there's, if there's a chance, if they're kind of foreshadowing impending doom, probably not a great sign, mm-hmm. but like, I actually don't think it's wrong to consider her because I think they actually did what we were always saying is like, actually give them a shine. Um, yeah. I think the tricky thing was Liana's edit still stood up when a lot of edits were, we're getting to the point. The rest of this final six is at now, like yep. Liana also had conventionality about her. Yeah. Um, yeah. You sent me a pretty funny screenshot where everybody else so actually yeah everybody left in the final six uh except xander had a episode if you just screenshot like episode one to three it's just like they're overwhelmingly under the radar you know what i mean like yeah i think i sent that because i have everyone and i think ricard is the one that's debatable but everyone is um toneless utr in episode three and ricard is the only one who's utr two everyone else is utr one yeah and and that sucked. The only reason I didn't do that was because Liana was at least UTRP too. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, just weird, but... Yeah, the yeah. entire final six is basically not in episode three, which is ludicrous, right? Like, Ricard's the most visible of them. So again, like, that's the other thing, is he's also, like, the most visible early on of this final six. So, like, if you're a Ricard truther... And also, I mean, there's a couple more patterns that Ricard breaks. He's the only one with a flashback episode still here, right? So if it's all pre-merge and Ricard, that could be all pre-merge and the winner, right? Like that's actually, like stuff like that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. So like if you're a Ricard truther, bring that stuff to the bank, right? Like bring bring the fact that he's the only one who speaks in episode three really left to the bank. That's a good argument. Bring the fact that he's the only one with a flashback in the premiere who who made the merge up, right? Like, that's fun. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Like, I mean, he's basically the only one who's there in all, all of those early episodes. Like, 
those are all good arguments and why I have them number two. Like, it's mostly those patterns. Like, I think the story is is jank and not good. But I think the actual, like, edgic bar and, like, the, the what is it, like, the structural elements of his edit mm-hmm. actually kind of make sense. Because you could totally see them do the thing where it's all pre-merge in the winner as the opening confessionals, right? Like, that that makes a lot of sense to me as something that would accidentally happen in terms of production. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll send just, like, a screenshot maybe of that. Because that's, like, a very funny um, and interesting, interesting aspect um, mm-hmm. that everybody... And that's, like, the worst... Ep- like, the funny thing there, too, is, like, episode three might be the worst episode of Survivor, like, I've ever seen. But it's one that we talked about probably more than any other episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's still mattering to this day. So maybe they just chose to sandbag episode three randomly. Yeah, it's interesting to know that everyone who had content in it pretty much has left. So, yeah. like, it's maybe this willingness... I mean, we'll look at how the season finishes, but this willingness to just sort of throw away an episode. Like, I know we're we're closing on the episode here, and I don't want to bring this up. It's probably something that'll be discussed next time. But, like, a complex tribe theory, something happened this season. Um, Because, like, all we have left that's not Luvu is Ricard and Xander. And I don't know. Like, just interesting to see what they're doing with tribes and stuff. Yeah. Um, I I think to me... Like, again, I, I'm dead, dead horse at this point. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that this is a massive departure from Complex Tribe Theory. But uh, I've been saying that all season. But yeah, I mean, when Ricard could win and it's super conventional that way, right? That's like, um, but uh, I mean, I, I do think from early on, we were kind of flagging that signal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- I think you're right. The, the oh. more interest, the more interesting note there would be the willingness to just toss away an episode to all early boots. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of interesting and a massive departure from what we've normally seen in Survivor. I was gonna say though, that's another point for Ricard is that one of the only people who fits into complex tribe theory as we know it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so let's go to MVP. Who is the MVP of this week, Joe? <sighs> I was I was thinking about this and and instead of giving serious thought, I just tried to be like, how can I make Heather my MVP? So if you have an answer, go ahead while I, while I think some more. My answer is, and it's not, I mean, I think you can make a case for Danny, like, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of story, in terms of winning the immunity challenge, I think, you know, revitalized a little bit. Great. My actual answer, I'm actually going to vote for Xander. I think he's actually very intelligent here to like play the double vote on Liana. Um, and make sure she goes because he's right. Ricard's Ricard's getting the axe before him. And that gives him like, like Xander is, I feel like on the beach, the favorite right now to win. Like if this was not a TV show, how are you betting against anybody but Xander right now? Has an idol, best challenge performer, bigger threat in front of them that they have to vote out who's good at challenges. Like dude's got like a freaking beeline to the end. Um, and not voting, not letting Ricard go, it was key to that. I I think I would say Ricard is the MVP in that he just managed to keep things under control. I think like to make that big move and then be vulnerable. I think he was in a position where he could have really easily yeah. just followed Shan out the door. But at least in this episode, it didn't all go away from him. Like he was still able to keep Erica. So, yeah. Yeah. He like he could have been the what the Brandon from Survivor Africa. Where you make the big move and then you're voted out next. Mm-hmm. So good job there. Um, LVP, Joe. Hmm. 
I don't know that there is one. I bo- my vote's here easy, and it's kind of a uh, kind of um pedantic, but I'm going with Deshaun for failing to do the Monty Hall problem correctly. Um, I would have had a higher faith in Deshaun as a player if he had eliminated himself this week. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd pick anyone. Uh, Heather for her terrible answer. Yeah. Terrible counsel. But like she honestly, like the MVP moment for her is like knowing to sit out because A, yeah. you're not in trouble. B, you don't need to be like, like, can you imagine if this was the episode where Heather just happened to be on the challenge first and picked wrong? Yeah. And, like, yeah, she could have been like the super LVP, and she blocked that mm-hmm. by picking right. So that's something. Yeah. Um, next boot, Joe. Who is it? Mm, I'll let you pick first because I think okay. we're gonna pick from the same pool. Uh, my vote here for next week. I'm gonna go with. I think it's gonna be Ricard. Okay. Interesting. I I will go with Danny. I think that's also a good pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, basically, I'm one of those two. I think that rivalry that we've gotten built up paying off next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the winner, uh, I could go through my list here first. Four. So last, I have Xander. Uh, second last, I have Heather. Uh, fourth last, I have Deshaun. Um, third place, I have Danny. Second place, I have Ricard. And for me, uh, the only two here making my contenders list are number two, Ricard, and number one, Erica. Mm-hmm. Last place, I also have Xander. Fifth is Danny. Fourth is Heather. That could switch based on how I feel at the moment. Um, third is Ricard. I, I think he's still up there. Um, second is Deshaun. I think a lot of work was done during this to sort of this idea of the unconventional edit that we might actually be seeing. And then first place is Erica for the conventional edit that we're seeing yeah. from her. And yeah, it still feels like her story clicked into place really last week and it continues to make sense here. Yeah, it's basically just like, this was enough, like this was, if this is golf, she got a par week. It was, she's still a lion. She's, we still know she wants to cut the threats, mm-hmm. which is, I think if she wins would be the story, right? It would be, you know, she's able to assassinate um, Shan, Ricard, I don't know who else would be on the board maybe Deshaun. Uh, like she's able to do the the right assassinations at the right time it would be mm. a timing story i think for her um and still on track for that to make a lot of sense right yeah cool 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 so that's our show uh we always post it on uh saturdays or sundays uh we post it on our edgic our survivor so feel free to join in on the discussion always love reading those yeah um, i want to i want to say the comments for this last one were really good Mm-hmm. I enjoyed reading them. Um, I know I don't often bring them up, I feel, but like they're always fun to read and see and enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> and like for me personally, I feel like I've been venturing into the community just a little bit less than usual. Just like, I don't know, just out of fear of like anything negative happening or anything like that. So um, I always make sure I read our comments. It does it like it to me is always a nice view of, uh, like what the community's viewing at a certain time. I feel like we got good, uh, like well-reasoned listeners, which is great. Um, I do want to flag reminder, uh, search on Spotify or your podcatcher or whatever you use. I use pocket casts personally, uh, big shout out to them. I think they're the best podcast app that exists, but definitely subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we definitely have, it seems like a lot of people, uh, 
who are searching up the episode every week on Google or on uh, SoundCloud. So definitely, definitely feel free to uh, subscribe. Um, yeah, I also use Pocket Casts, which that's cool. Didn't realize, but yeah, yeah it's, it's just a great way. Like I said last week, there's more than just us out there. There's better than just there's us out there. Like lots of stuff to fit whatever your interests are outside of yeah. this little show. And uh, <laughs> if you do want to send us an email, watching uh, we have an email at thewinneredit@gmail.com. Other than that, I mean, that's I'm, been our I'm show. Um, and see you next week. My demons. Last time I played like a cop, this time I'm playing like a criminal. I don't need to be careful. are coming together and we're spinning the guys around as much as we can and then we're devouring them. I guess my nickname's Fabio. Each new day I get out here is a blessing because I was only supposed to get three. So I'm either going to win.